Man, one time I was in a nightclub in Thailand. Yeah. And he went up to the top and uh, and there was just a big trough. But it wasn't like – it was like a feeding trough that animals uh-huh. eat out of. And I was going to shit myself, like so badly. <laughs> and this nightclub was packed. Like there were so many people going in and out of that toilet. And I went to go to the toilet and honestly it looked like it was from a movie set. Like there was just wood boards jammed into it. There was I was like, I can't shit in here. So I think God spoke to me or something, man, or – I realized there could be a God out there because I ran to the trough and just hung my ass over the side of it, like pulled my pants The pisser down. trough? The pisser trough. Oh. Like it was like a big, deep kind of – and I just shat into the trough, like <laughs> exploding <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> I said to speak of my language. He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. Good evening, late, wait, no, hello, ladies and gentlemen, what's up, you guys? It's Ari Shafir. This is our Skeptic Tank podcast. I've already fucked this up completely, but let's keep going. Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. I'm Ari Shafir, the host of the Skeptic, po- Skeptic Tank podcast. Man, guys, there's a podcast called Skeptic Tank, called Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, and it's hosted by a guy named Ari Shafir, and I am that guy. I'm Ari Shafir, the host of the podcast called Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank, of which I am the host. Um, so here's the deal. On today's episode... Um, it's the last one from Australia. 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 We did it on Anzac Day, um, which is their <laughs> fucking get drunk day. It's really supposed to commemorate their veterans, their fallen heroes from Australia and New Zealand. Uh, I guess they're supposed to hate each other. And then on Anzac Day, they're super together because they both fucking went into some fucking horribly planned, um, I guess battle in World War Two, World War One, or something, and a bunch of them died. So then now they all celebrate by getting drunk and throwing medals at each other. It's a fun day. Kind of reminds me the most of uh, the most of of Stampede in Calgary, where everyone's just bombed. I spent the morning in Melbourne uh, first talking to Nick Capper, um, who's the guest on today's podcast, today's Skeptic Podcast. Uh, Ari Shapiro, Skeptic Podcast. I'm the host, Ari Shapiro. And, uh, and then later, I went from there straight to Adelaide and spent the evening in Adelaide and just watched tons of veterans just barf. Uh, it was great. So in my time, I, I mean, I did Australia perfect. Perfect. The, the New York winter was kicking way too long. I'm used to spring coming in mid to late March. And this was fucking mid-April, and it was still the, – the winter was still fucking going strong. We had just gotten snow – I needed to get the fuck out of there. I did it perfect, you guys. Five days in Perth, immediate. I mean, it was fall there, but they're way higher up in the in the latitude. Is that the right word? And so immediately hiking. I did one on Mount Cook. I did one in um, in um, Pinnacles Desert. Look that shit up. It's gorgeous. Uh, then went to Melbourne for fucking. I, I hit it too hard. I hit that word too hard. Melbourne um, for eight days. With a bunch of comedians. Kanane was there. Sean Patton was there. 
um, Nicody, um, who else was there? Daniel Sloss. By the way, Sloss has a new Netflix special coming out. Oh, speaking of that, okay, so watch Sloss is coming out. He's always been a great comic. And then uh, Michelle Wolf. She's doing a weekly show. You got to tune in. It's called The Break. It's on Netflix. It's every week. I think it's our first weekly show. Michelle Wolf is a legit comic from New York. She has the unique opportunity to be able to say the horrible kind of things that all the other comics say, but yet, hopefully, she'll be a little clear of the backlash because um, though she doesn't do female comedy, she is a woman, so the super left will hopefully leave her alone a bit. And she doesn't seem like she's going to fucking fall the way a lot of these other people who had a chance to be legit comics have fallen. It seems like she's super driven to do great comedy. So she's not concerned with being woke or anything like that. She's just concerned with being funny. So, guys, tune in to The Break with Michelle Wolf. Um, and also, while you're there, why don't you look at my fucking special, the second half that you haven't watched yet, Ari Shafir's Double Negative. All right, anyway, back to this. Um, oh, by the way, I'm in fucking D.C. right now, and uh, I got the fucking ninth floor. It's not whatever, just a high floor up at the Topaz Hotel, and this giant window looks out on the street, and the fucking rental car I got it's <laughs> down the street. I'm loving hitting that fucking uh, alarm button as people pass by. It's so fun. I get entertained by the smallest things. Really the smallest things. I mean, I, I know I say I'm a child sometimes, but really, I am a child. Dude, you should have seen me get this rental car. What a cunt I am. I hate authority so much. You should know that about me. I mean, forget the TSA shit that you know I've gone through. Um, I did a whole bit about it in my in my... The paid regular po- uh, skeptic tank, no, paid regular special uh, from the comedy store that you fucking can't see anymore, really, unless you're willing to watch them lagging on an out of date app on the Viacom brand. Um, but I don't like authority. When I sign in to buildings, you ever sign in for a building? They make you sign in to go up. It's like, what, what security's here? Who, who's taking over this place? It ain't fucking diehard. No, no one's taken over. And by the way, they didn't ask those guys to sign in, they just took it over. Um, was that the last time there were terrorists who weren't Arab in a movie? Was it Die Hard? Those German guys were badass. Oh, so when you sign in, I, I just I have trouble if I'm going to the Sirius XM building to do like the bonfire with Jay and Kurt, uh, Jay and uh, Soda or something. Um, I just won't sign in my name in. They don't check. They don't check your ID. I'll just sign in Captain America or um, Nick Yusuf. So if I do commit terrorism, they'll immediately look at Nick Yusuf because, like, he's already in a sleeper cell to begin with, you know? So, like, this is a little confirmation bias where they're like, yep, see, knew it. And they're like, he wasn't even there. I'm like, well, he signed in. Um, Yeah, I can't sign in with my real name. As much as, I, as much as I feel I can get away with, I get away with. So I'm renting this car. I stayed at my parents' house on Thursday night and then on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I need this rental car. So... I went down to Enterprise, and they're like, um, is this still your address on my license? And it's not. It's my parents' old address. So I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's not good anymore. Uh, and they go, what's your new address? And I've been doing this lately at rental places. I just don't. I don't want to give out my address. And I don't want to give out where my fucking credit cards go. I just don't want to. I don't want to. And you might be like, why? What's the difference? None, really. I, I might get a, a letter. I might get someone selling my fucking address to some uh, advertiser or, or maybe nothing will happen. But I just don't want to. 
and it's my right as a fucking American to not give out my address when I want to. So I just I lie. I enjoy lying, and I'm great. I'm quite good at it. I've had experience. You know the way Asian people in high school and college were just good students, and you know how they became good students by formerly also being good students. They they studied all the time. They got good at studying, and then they knew how to study. Well, I've been lying since fucking fourth grade, and I'm great at it. I mean, great at it. I'm not trying to like brag or lie. <laughs> But I'm good at it. So uh, I make shit up constantly. So they're like, what's your address now? I'm like, "Ah, I'm kind of between places. And they're like, well, we got to put something down. I'm like, I mean, I don't have a home. And I pointed to my my Osprey backpack. I have this Osprey backpack that took all over Southeast Asia. Have I ever told you guys I went to Southeast Asia? (laughs) I should have heard Soder and, uh, I mean, Liston, Robert Kelly shitting on me for talking too much about Asia. Um so it's a backpack. It's a it's a backpacker's backpack, you know, a, a hosteler's backpack. So I point to it. I'm like, you know, I'm just living out of that. Uh, and she goes, well, we need something to write down here. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, we got to write something down. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Write down one, two, three, four, Silver Spring Boulevard. And she was like, is that your address? And I'm like, no. I'm just, if you need something to write down. And she's like, well, without an address, I don't know if I can do this. I got to call my superior. I mean, you lied to me. I'm like, I didn't lie to you. I was, but she, okay, by the way, in fairness, yes, I did lie to her, but she wasn't talking about the lie of not having a home. She was talking about the lie of the address I was giving her, but that wasn't a lie. I mean, by the letter of the law it was, but I was clearly laughing as I was saying it. I'm like, I'm not fooling you. I'm, I'm telling you, write down a fake address for me. And so she goes to her manager and comes back. She calls her manager and she was like, we can't rent you a car today. And I was like, lady, come on. I almost pulled the race card. I almost pulled the race card. You know, that's the joy of all this, uh, of all this woke stuff and everyone pulling the race card the other way. Um, you can do it to black people. Do you know that? If there's three black people at a fucking, you know, yeah, what they did at Starbucks was fucking wrong, sure. But you can do it the other way. If there's black people not renting you something, you just go like, yeah, I get it. Because you're white. You want, I'm white. You want to punish me. You, you can't say they're doing anything because of their blackness. But you can say you're being punished because of your whiteness and watch them fucking crumble. Did not do that here. Did not do that here. What I did was just so, come on, lady, rent me a car. She goes, well, I don't know. How am I supposed to know you're going to stay in the Washington, D.C., um, Maryland, Virginia area? I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. And she goes, well, where are you going? And I was, I finally I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to the Topaz Hotel. And she was like, what room? I'm like, I haven't checked in yet. She goes, well, without a room, I can't give you this thing. And I'm like, well, you, you rent it. This is going on too long, I realize. But I'm like, you rent at airports without a room? She goes, yeah, but those people didn't lie to me. And I was like, come on, I didn't lie to you. You know damn well I was laughing. She was just mad. She was trying to punish me. And so then, whatever, I get it. You know, She's not going to not rent me a car. I, I get it. I overpowered her with my intellect. And uh, so the other guy next to her was like, hey, give her these keys. And she says, no, give him the other one. And he was like, well, this is a new car. She goes, I said give him the other one. <laughs> so then the guy's checking me in. And I was like, man, she did not like me, did she? And he was like, dude, no, she did not. Anyway, I've been fucking getting people with this alarm is my whole point. How long was that? Ten minutes? Um, DC was fun. Uh, I started here. So it was really fucking cool to come back here and sell out five shows. Sell out all my shows. We would have added a Thursday show, but they had a fucking private event. Um, I got to announce the Caps winning game three yesterday from on stage. 
That was great. I did guest spots here when I started. And then this is my first week ever uh, emceeing. My first week ever featuring. This is like my home club. The manager owner started as a waitress here. I'm, I've known her for 18 years, Allison. And so it's just like, kind of like, cool, you got to step back once in a while and realize the development you've made. But speaking of shows, my next show is in San Francisco. You guys, June 21st, 22nd, 23rd. you got to get tickets now. It's going to sell out. Do not wait till the last minute. It's in less than three weeks. Get tickets right now. Just buy them. 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Get tickets for Thursday so that fills up first because, I, I mean, whatever day you want, actually. Just, just come. Um, but, yeah. That's going to be fucking fun. Steve Simone is, is opening for me. That's going to be fucking fun. Um, and Drew, the guy who fucking emceed last time, he's emceeing again. You better have new material, Drew. Same people are coming. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, what did I want to tell you? Oh, there was something I wanted to share with you. Oh, so oh, okay. So back to this podcast. So Nick Capper. So what I got to do was I did that five days alone. I got to get away from New York sometimes. So I got five days alone, then eight days with friends. Uh, Kanane, Sean Padden was there, Nicody. Oh, I said all this, uh, and I met new comedians. This guy Nick Capper is a young comic in in uh, in Melbourne, and he, I hit it right there. I hit it right there. Um, here's what's wrong. Melbourne is wrong. Uh, Melbin is also wrong because you're hitting it too hard. It's got. It's just like it flows off your tongue. Melbourne, that wasn't bad. Where do you Where do you live? Adelaide or Melbourne? Yeah, fifty fifty. So I saw this guy at one of the shows, Nick Capper, and um, and he was really funny. He was just really funny. It's such a joy to like see new funny comics. It's one of the things I got from my show from this not happening. Nay, uh, wait, how do they say renamed? It's when, when a wife gets changed their name, they go Nay Smith, and then, and then they have a new name. Is that how you do it? Anyway, Ari Shaver's renamed storytelling show um, is I got to invite a bunch of comics to do it who I didn't fully believe in, but I'm like, they're okay, and I ran out of people, so I just invited – and I see that, that a lot of comics are really funny. There's just a ton of funny comics. And when you see a new one, it's fucking – it's great. And this guy, Nick Capper, is hilarious. Um, I didn't do the best interview here. I don't know why I told you I've told you before every once in a while I get too like locked into like what my topic is going to be and I, I can't f- like f- slide off it. I should have just stayed on farming with him. Um, but he talks so well about about this travel. If you guys want to hear a great story from Nick Happer, go to the Little Dum Dums Club that I was on. It's a podcast. The Little Dum Dums Club and Little Dum Dum Club. Excuse me. Is it little Dum Dums or Dum Dums Dum. Dum Dum Club. Okay, because it's singular. And I don't know which episode it is, but it's within the last month. Um, May 24th? I don't know. But um, go to that, and he has a story about fucking working on this job in Thailand on this boat. It's just, it'll fucking kill you guys. It'll kill you guys. So load that up right now. Um, It's a live episode. I hope you don't have to fucking join their Patreon to get it, but but hopefully you can hear it. Go listen to that and then come back to this. Mm, that's not a smart business idea, what I just said. Listen to this and then go to listen to that. Load it up right now. If you listen to this on Laughable app, you can fucking click on the bottom right now, load it up. It'll be your next podcast. Do you have cues? Do they have the queue? Um, anyway, he was great. 
we talked a few times and I was like, yeah, I want to have you on my podcast, man. So he was, he was into it. Luckily he had heard of me before. So it was fucking good. Um, I'll have him on again next time I'm in Australia or next time he's in America and we can really get into some more shit, but fucking cool that he's on there. Uh, he has his own podcast called the phone hacks. I think I'm just looking at his Twitter account. His Twitter is uh, is capper flapper. So check him out. Tell him you liked the podcast. If you did, definitely listen to the Dum Dum Club podcast and tell him you like that because you're going to love that one. Um, you know, everyone's looking for a new podcast, right? So I'm not even saying subscribe to them. You can if you want, but fucking listen to that episode. It was me, Nick Cody, Nick Capper, and then uh, and the Dum Dums. Um, Carl and Tommy. <sighs> what was I going to say? Okay, so. By the way, caps are up to one in this fucking series. I'm so happy. I wrote down some notes of what to talk about in this episode. Um, oh, my storytelling show June 11th at the Village Underground, the which is a subsidiary of the Comedy Cellar, is almost sold out. If you want tickets, fucking get it. Uh, Ari Shafir's renamed storyteller show presents Summer Lovin' is the topic. Get tickets. I mean now. It is almost sold out. Dude, it's so weird driving through... Uh, DC and seeing the fucking changes gentrification it's like when you haven't seen a kid in a while and then all of a sudden they become like eight years older and you're like whoa you look vastly different that's I mean southeast DC used to be the stereotype of like a shitty neighborhood and now they've got ciabatta places artisanal coffee it's crazy how shit just changes I mean, it's just like nice. It's safe. You couldn't go there. They would tell you not to stop at red lights, to slow down, look both ways, and keep going. That was Southeast D.C. I think that's where Howard is. And now Howard is just like a, a fucking – it's kind of like YU, Yeshiva University, but the opposite. Instead of Jews around a bunch of like Dominicans and blacks, it's blacks a bunch of, a bunch of, a bunch of whites, college-educated black kids or – college being educated black kids around all these whites it's crazy how much has changed although fucking geo tags still work on my computer i loaded up Pornhub because i'm in washington dc loaded it up yeah i masturbate in hotel room beds i'm not embarrassed about that and uh everything that came up if you don't think they're spying on you you're wrong everything that came up was fucking black on black porn just because i'm in the city of blackness um. Anyway, so that's it. Let's start the episode, right? Fuck it. What else do we have to say? Check out Nick Capper. I said that. Um, guys, can you do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast? You can leave a comment if you want. I don't really care about that. I mean, it's fu- I, I read them once every year or so. But um, really, subscribe to the podcast. So if I ever go away again, you'll just know a new episode is coming. If I go two weeks without putting up an episode, which happens a lot, um, you won't just lose track of me. You'll know when something happens because you subscribe. It doesn't do anything to you. It just It'll inform you when I have a new podcast. Right? Is that how subscription works? Just subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button right now. Do me a favor. Um, if you want to tell your friends about it, fucking golden, you know, but fucking whatever. I saw my family... Uh, 
Thursday, and then over my sister's house on Saturday. Those kids, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to look at them from, from where I was when I was their age, which was an Orthodox religious Jew, and they must look at me. I mean, forget about the weird uncle. They must look at me like, who the fuck is this guy? Forget that I'm single. That alone would be like, wow. But like, I mean, I can't help but curse. I can't help it. I try not to, but it comes out. And they just, you see them like, whoa, huh? My, my little sister's kid told on me last time. Did I tell you that? Did I mention that to you? Yeah, we were playing backgammon. I was like, oh, you fucking dick. Or something like that to whoever I was playing against. I think I was playing against Asha or something. And, uh, and the other one's like, oh, Uncle Ari cursed to, to my sister. And I was like, don't tell on me. Did you just tell on me? By the way, your mom has no power over me, you idiot. She has a power over you. I'm her big sister, and I'm stronger than her, so I can punch her in the face. I can hold her down. I can do that thing where you spit out a long loogie and then suck it back in. I can do that to your mom because she has no power over me. Tell on me. I'll talk the way I want. You're just going to make me curse again, jerk. This fucking nerd. Um, they must look at me like crazy. I mean, I went over to Robert Kelly's house before we did our, our uh, bushcrafting, and uh, in the morning, his kid, uh, Max... I mean, those kids wake up so early. He starts jumping on my on my back. I'm on the air mattress. And I start fucking, you know, r- he rides me like a horse. You know, I start bucking up and down. He tries to ride. He's immediately on, fuck, at 10. He goes from, like we used to say about Chris Neff, he goes to zero to fire in two seconds. Except not fire. He goes to zero to, like, Disneyland. I mean, he's laughing and, and running around. And then he sees me get up. And he's like, what? Why does that man have no shirt on? <laughs> Because I'm not sleeping with a shirt on, kid. I'm sorry. Then I get out of bed. He's like, he's got his underwear on. <laughs> kids are amazed by me. Not all kids, but some kids are amazed by me. Bobby was like, uh, I don't know what it is about you, Ari. He just likes you. I'm like, yeah, he's uh, attracted to someone who's completely free. He doesn't see adults very often who have uh, an utmost level of freedom like I do. And Robert's like, shut up. But anyway, so then the next night when we were all camping and fucking clutching our knives, waiting for the fucking coyote attack, um, Max asked if he could sleep on the air mattress like Ari, and he slept in his underwear and no shirt. <laughs> Isn't that the cutest fucking thing? Uh, oh, my. It's so sad that his dad is not going to be around in another 10 years from heart disease. But um, until then, it's like he's got a great life, that kid. Uh, I got to go on, you know, what dude soon. I really do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the episode. I don't know what else I have to say, but let's fucking start it. Don't forget to get tickets for San Francisco. Don't forget to tune into Punch Drunk Sports every week. We've been going on a roll lately. We've been having some really good episodes. Fucking tune in, subscribe to that. Um, if you guys want, if you have podcast suggestions, I always put this out. Let me know. Contact at AriShafir.com. I'm going to start a Patreon, I think, and I'm going to take mailbag questions. I think that's the way I'm going to do it. Mailbag questions for a Patreon, like a, you know, a second episode or maybe like two a month maybe. I can commit to that. Two extra ones a month where I just answer questions. Um, so that will start soon. Oh, okay. You guys, I almost forgot this. I almost forgot this. So we're going to start this episode soon. But I, I have some distressing news that I want to – I mean, I have to get into. So, how do I say this? How do I go under this? I have a group of friends that a lot of you guys are familiar with. Um, 
guys from I don't know that I've met. We we have this group that that I don't know. You've you've, you've followed us. It's like me, Joe Rogan, Duncan Trussell, Joey Diaz, Segura, Kreischer. These people all just seem seem to be under the same sort of umbrella. And you know, I have different groups I hang out with. You know, I hang out with Danish and O'Neill, um, and Renazisi and Simone. That's like a different umbrella group, but but. We were fucking around in this one group, you know, the the, the Kreischer, Segura, uh, Rogan. We have this text thread, me, Rogan, Kreischer, and Segura. And it's my it's my it's one of my favorite things in life, the trash we talk. It's amazing. But anyway, um, we all shit on each other. It's fun, you know. And uh, we should like to shit on Bert for being so out of shape or in pear shape. As we call it, they had the big weight loss challenge you guys might know of, and we all sort of support each other through hatred. Uh, first, it was it was Segura and Kreischer, you know, having a fat shaming campaign to help them both like lose some weight, and then and then me having to fucking pay up fucking thousands of dollars for for uh, national championship game tickets. I spent I think uh, almost eleven thousand dollars on those tickets, plus flights uh, and an Airbnb. It was a lot of money that I don't really have, but. A bet's a bet. you got to pay it off. Uh, and by the way, Sam Tripoli will be paying off the Kobayashi hot dog bet. He has now figured out that he really has no choice. The fans have helped him realize that there will be hell to pay. So when he does pay it off, you guys should not be making fun of him anymore. You should be honoring him. Honoring him for paying off something that was extremely hard on him. It's hard on me too, but I pay off my bets. Um. Anyway, so Bert um, decided to run a marathon. He tried to try to run a marathon with no training, and we were all like, "There's no way you can fucking do it." Rogan said that he would die. It was impossible. I talked to Cameron Haynes. I finally met that guy. No, I met him a couple times actually at UFCs, but I met him when I was sharing a car with him when when Rogan was in Brooklyn for the UFC. And uh, I asked him, I was like, "Cameron, what do you think about?" I didn't know if he had heard or not. I was like, "Did you hear that Bert ran a marathon?" He goes, "Yeah." He was sitting on the front seat. I was sitting in the back. Uh, and he was like, yeah. I was like, what do you think of that? And Cameron Haynes, a guy who runs 100 miles at a time, who loses toenails, he's a fucking, I don't want to say warrior because that's just thats just hyperbole, right? A warrior is someone who fights for his life in battle. But he's a fucking strong man who is in shape. And this guy, I mean, does crazy amount feats of strength and fucking, uh, wow, what's the word? When you can keep going over and over and over again for a long time. Um, just, you know what it is. So don't tell me, but you know what it is. Um, and he goes, dude, it's impressive as hell that he could do that. This is Cameron Haynes giving it up for Burke Kreischer. Saying what he did was impressive as hell. And I like to say that too. It was impressive as hell. And one of the other things that made it even cooler was that Bert said if he could finish... He would give $10,000 to Children's Hospital LA, which is like not only is he like going to run this, this, this marathon, which is like impossible. No fucking way. On no training. No fucking way. The most he'd ever run was 10 miles. This is 26.2. And I can tell you from experience when I went to cheer on my father when he was 60-something, he ran the Marine Corps Marathon. He also did it at 80. But when he did it at 65 or something like that, we went to cheer him on. And the cool thing about the Marine Corps Marathon is you can get on the, on the metro – which is subway but clean, um, 
and go run to each spot so then you can keep cheering him on in different locations. So my mom and I did that. We stopped for lunch at Union, Union Station. And we kept going, like, what we figured out his average time. We would just get there and we'd cheer him on. And he loved it. He loved it. And I saw Bert do that, too. Bert posted up pictures of when he was running. And people would cheer him on. And he was loving it. It kept him, it kept him going. And then we got to, like, the 25-mile or uh, 24-mile, something like that, to where my dad was. And we waited for, like, 15, 20 minutes. And we're like, oh, I guess we must have missed him. Maybe we picked up the pace. And then we were, I mean, we were ready to leave. And then from way in the distance, we saw him fucking... I mean, struggling. It, it looked like he was on a march of death. Just like shifting his feet. Just like, I mean, he was gone. But he had the Israeli army fucking Holocaust survivor gene. And he wasn't going to quit no matter what. And he stumbled all the way to the end. But he was killer on him. But at 10 miles in, the what had Berta trained in, he was fine. At 15 miles in, he was fine. And then it hits you. that You take with well, the long as you run, you double it. And then you got to keep running for another six fucking miles. So it's impossible for Bert to do this. That's why he pledged $10,000 to Children's Hospital if he could do it. Because it's such an impossible feat that it's like, I guess he felt sort of charitable on the idea that if he did do it, you know, he should reward like really sick children. This is Steve Simone's biggest charity, Children's Hospital LA. He made me aware of them. And Steve Simone selflessly spends his time going over there, taking care of these kids raising money, getting toy drives. Steve Simone really got me and Segura and a bunch of other people, even Dane Cook and, and others, to really like give their time. Bill Burr got involved, and everybody gets involved in, in helping these kids. And so when Bert started helping too, and these kids, I mean, they're poor and they are sick. It's unfair. It really proves that there's no God. Simone doesn't see it that way. But, I mean, it's terrible. A lot of them are dying, and, a lot, and the parents have spent all this money on, on hospital care and they just they're out of cash and some of these kids it's about getting the medical help and some of them is just about getting them a toy for christmas just a toy not like a new xbox we're talking about just a toy a fucking hungry hungry hippos game they could play with somebody something to make their lives they're really horrible lives a, a little happier you know they really got the raw end of the, of the stick they got a raw deal the short end of the stick is what i'm trying to say and so Bert giving ten thousand dollars was fucking sweet. Anyway, so Bert did it. He ran the marathon. As I said, Cameron Haynes, um, endurance. Uh, said how fucking great it was. And then I went and did Bert's uh, cooking show. Um, Something's burning with Bert Kreischer, and it became quite evident to me. I did it with Renazisi. Renazisi. Because of Bert's charity, because of Bert's generosity, gave $2,000 of his own to Children's Hospital LA. I gave $180, which is 10 times chai. Chai is a number that Jews give uh, in, um, chai means life. The word chai means life. And they break down the letters into their numerical values. You know, A being one, B being two, C being three, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J was 10. And then they go on from there, uh, Multiples of 10. So K would be 20. L would be 30. Up until you get to 100, then it's 100, 200, 300, 400. Um, so Chet is a uh, Chuf. Chet. Mm, Jesus, Ari, you're an idiot. Is 8, and Yud is 10. That's Chai. And so 18. 
And so Jews will give bar mitzvah gifts, wedding presents in in uh, in multiples of eighteen. So one hundred eighty dollars, thirty six dollars, eighteen dollars, ninety dollars. Um, so I gave one hundred eighty dollars because of British generosity. Renazisi gave two thousand dollars. I know what you're going to say, like, oh, did he really? Didn't he lie about nine eleven? Yeah, yeah, and yes, he really did give two thousand dollars. I love these people acting better than someone because somebody lied about one thing fucking 10 years ago and he's then he told everybody he lied about it and then six years later everyone else found out and fucking rails against him like he's the worst person even though he admitted himself anyway fucking animals out there um but he gave two thousand dollars because of British generosity and so we're doing this this cooking show on all things comedy something's burning and um it became clear to me that Bert has no intention of giving that $10,000 that he pledged. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Here's a guy who showed huge, huge generosity. He's doing better financially than he's ever done. He's selling out places, just sold a special to Netflix. I mean, that's going to pay him at least $150,000. And he refuses to give the 10000 After calling me a Welch, for so long on a bet that he knows goddamn well I was going to pay. I emailed him and said, I'm going to Asia. When I get back, we'll choose a sporting event to go to. And he was like, yeah, sure, we will. Absolutely. Still call me a Welsh. He has no intentions of giving that money to these six, sick children. I couldn't believe it. I, I thought he was a good person. I really did. I really did. And it distressed me. It distressed me. You know when your worldview is challenged? And you have to stop by. It's it's really unsettling. And this Burt Kreischer, this guy I, I really sort of believed in for a long time, is just out outright refusing to give this money he made. I mean, people tagged Children's Hospital LA in support of Burt. He used these people, he used these sick children in order to gain followers on, on social media. And it's like... It's disgusting. I don't want to use hyperbole much, but like, I really think it is. It disgusts me. I don't know how he can do that. So I didn't know how to feel about it for a long time. And uh, I was just sort of like disillusioned with the world and people I, I knew. I mean, he's selling out places all over the country. More than ever. He makes $10,000 a week more than he used to. I, I couldn't believe it when I, when I found out he wasn't going to pay this. Not just welching. Welch is on a bet. This is him pledging something and then refusing. So I didn't know what to do. And then I go through this thing, you know, and I did this in comedy also when, when things were stacked against me. And, and at first you feel sorry for yourself and you want to just feel bad for yourself. And then at some point it hits you like, well, how long am I going to feel bad for myself? And at some point you've got to get off that fucking train. You've got to say, I'm done with the pity party. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's harder for me because of this or that or nobody wants to see comedy store comics. Because they thought we were awful people and not going to book us. So what are you going to do? Quit comedy? No. We're going to keep working hard. Again, eventually getting to the point where everyone claims the comedy store's massages because it won't let women in. Because there's too many men. When Meanwhile, men were the only ones who wanted to perform there before. Not the only ones, but 95%. Because it's such a fucking awful place. And only people like Eleanor and Jessica Michelle Singleton and Vicky Barbalak and people like that. You see Vicky on, on America's Got Talent? Oh, so proud of her. Um... Yeah, 
And so, well, that's a sidetrack. So you, you just stick by, you have to get off that pity party and you have to fucking go take care of business. So I felt awful about what Bert did. It made me feel, really feel terrible about the world. And then I, I hit me just like it does a lot where it's like, Ari, you can either do something about the injustices in the world or you can just feel bad about it. So I did something. So guys, I have started a GoFundMe. It's my first one I've ever done. This is not to raise money like a lot of rich white women do to fucking pay for their vacations. This is for a charity. This is for Children's Hospital LA. I decided to help raise the money that Bert refuses to. Yeah, he's a bad person, but are we going to let that stop us? Are we going to let a sick kid, a coughing, sick child, who, who some of these kids, I mean, you've got to talk to Simone. I did a podcast with him about it. You've got to go back and find it. Oh, let me find out the episode number. Okay, here it is. Uh, episode 260, the Michael Jackson of, help, of, the Michael Jackson of helping... <laughs> I forgot I called it this. <laughs> the Michael Jackson of helping sick children. <laughs> but Steve isn't raping them. Um, uh, you think Michael Jackson was Catholic? If he was, everybody would have guessed that he was fucking doing it. Everybody, nobody would have let him skirt. Anyway, um, so I'm going to help these kids. I'm going to take matters in my own hands, and I'm going to help these kids, these poor, sick children. Honestly, so this is what I was saying. Simone has helped some of these kids, and he's seen some of them die and not survive. It's really sad. And for Bert to use them, to use them to, to, for social media followers, oh, Jesus Christ, man. It's gross. It's gross. It's, it's like, you know, the records, that was funny. Even when I thought it was real and it wasn't real, he gave him back the records, which was great, you know, and I sort of forgave him and I was like laughing about it. But this is like, I don't know if I can be friends with him anymore. I really don't. I, I really don't. There's fun and games and there's disgusting. So I've started this GoFundMe. By the way, uh, Shroomfest is August this year. It's at the very end of August. 26th, 27th, nope, 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 25th, 26th, and 27th. It's all over the world. If you want to read about it, go to Google Shroomfest Primer, and you'll find my website. Um, so anyway, to make up for Bert, and uh, I, I mean, I, you try to forgive people, but he's currently, you forgive people when they correct the, the shit themselves, you know? When they're like, yeah, I know I was a bad person. I wasn't that guy anymore. But when Renazisi said, it was like, yeah, I lied about, being a 9-11. And by the way, he didn't profit off it. No one knew about it that ever hired him for anything. Um, but he made amends to us. He told us I, I was lying. And we made fun of him and that was over. And he showed he wasn't that guy anymore. So then, yeah, you forgive people. When they show they're not that person anymore, you forgive them. Because they've moved on. They've made amends. And you have to move on too. But Bert's not making amends. He's currently doing the thing that I find so... It's just, it's awful. It's awful. So there's a GoFundMe and we're going to raise that money. I added a, a extra on top of the 10,000 because GoFundMe takes a 7.9% plus 30 cents per, per donation. So uh, I'm trying to raise $10,961, $10,961 to make up for Bert's horribleness. Um, if you want to donate, I hope you will. It's going to a great cause. It really is. These kids need help. And this will help them. It'll help their their really unfortunate lives get filled with a little bit of happiness. Go go listen to episode two hundred and sixty if you want to feel happiness. If you want to feel 
like good about yourself, go listen to that. Maybe that'll help you donate. Um, the GoFundMe is uh, GoFundMe.com slash EvilBert. Um, you can donate as much or as little as you want. Even a dollar will help. Um, you know, go for it. I told you I donated $180 um, for fucking Burt finishing. I, so it's not part of this campaign yet. Be the first one to donate if you want. I'll post a link to it on my website, artythegreat.com, on this uh, on this podcast episode. Every episode I do, puts a new a new podcast page, a new uh, um, page on my website at artythegreat.com. You can also get tickets. You can get uh, T-shirts. I didn't make a 2018 tour shirt. You know what I might do? I might re-release 2012 and just make that my tour shirt. How do you guys feel about that? I, the, the bartender at the improv had his, and I'm like, God damn, that was such a fucking cool shirt. Um, so, uh, yeah, help make up for Bert and pass it on to your friends. Um, you know, repost it, uh, make a widget for your own podcast, or your own, uh, uh, what's it called, websites, or just post it on Twitter or Instagram and, and really just help make up for my friends. I don't think I can call my friend right now. I'm sure in time I'll learn to forgive him. But this is like, it's not even about me. It's not like, you know, sometimes you get mad at somebody because they hurt you and everyone else is like, well, I'm not getting involved because I, I mean, I get that's wrong that he hurt you, but he didn't hurt me. This isn't even about me. He didn't do anything to me other than to trick me into giving 180 bucks to a charity and, and, and rent his easy $2,000. And he couldn't, Bert couldn't give a cent. Jesus Christ. Fucking gross. So it's not about what he did to me. It's just about what he did. And I I don't, I mean, I guess in the future, I'm sure I'll, I'll learn to be friends with people. I've forgiven everyone that I've been angry about in my life. So I'm sure this will not be much different. But as of now, I just, I, I don't, I don't feel anything but, but, but like, I don't even know the words just it's it's unsettling and it's 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 just bad taste in my mouth when i think of him so please go to gun gofundme.com slash evil bert and uh help me raise money that he refuses to give jesus to children's hospital la a great cause um anyway let's start the episode let's start the episode ladies and gentlemen uh ari shafir skeptic Tank, episode 237 Caparera. I was going to call it Capper Flapper. That's Nick's, uh, that's Nick's uh, uh, Twitter handle, Capper Flapper. But uh, then I had to write a post and to write a post on my, on my, um, to, twit, to tweet from my um, flip phone. I could only t- type 140 characters. So if I made a Capper Flapper, I couldn't fit in the request for the Photoshop. <laughs> but Caparera is something I was thinking of anyway. So um, we'll see. So look and see if anybody comes up with a fucking weirdo design that in- involves somebody doing that crazy flipping over capoeira stuff dude there's a clip online somewhere of this du- guy doing capoeira if you don't know what capoeira is it's a type of fighting style but it involves a lot of dance moves <laughs> i'm not even joking it involves dance moves and i'm sure you, if you were trained in it you could beat me up that's not a problem but um but i mean like it doesn't really work in like mixed martial arts like it's other people that are trained so this guy doing all these crazy flips kind of like Indiana Jones when that guy was doing all the crazy shit with his nunchucks or sword and, and Indy just took out a gun and just fucking shot him uh, it's like that the guy does all these crazy flips and then 
does flips up to this guy, and this guy just fucking punches him in the face and knocks him out. <laughs> I'll look for that. I'll look for that clip and see if I can uh, find it and put it on the website. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shiris Kaptek, episode three twenty seven. A, a, a great young new comic. You guys are gonna love. If you live in Melbourne, uh, I hit it too hard again. Go support Nick Capper shows. He's absolutely hilarious. Um, download all his stuff, and hopefully next time I'm in Australia, he'll open for me. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Skeptic Tank 327, Caparera with Nick Capper starts now. Can you hear Australia's heroes marching? They're marching once again across our great land. You know, you know when there's all that pressure. Yeah, it's easier that way when there's less pressure to laugh every second. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like I, I find uh, I'd like to do more comedy stuff like what you American guys do, where you you know do it in the back of like comic book shops or whatever or story. <laughs> they don't do that here in Melbourne. They do. They do just a little bit of stuff, but it's more stand up is still kind of crawling here. I think till it, you know what I mean. Like, really, it's like the bigger. Well, I guess Sydney too. But yeah. like, it seems like they've got a vibe already here. Oh man, it's excellent. Like it's it's such a good vibe. But I think uh, we probably need to work on more experience type, what? you know, comedy experiences rather than just, hey, you MC four different stand ups. That's it. Night finished. Yeah. Like I'd like to try and work on some things. Oh, some weirdo where, shows and like some get into some different situations. Yeah, there's a couple of guys in Sydney who do a really cool thing. They they dual host a night called green lights and they don't have any jokes. It's just two of them hosting it. Yeah. And then they just bring the ax on something like that. That makes it a little bit different, you know? Yeah. Just more, more things like that. Oh yeah. Meltdown yeah. was like that with Camille yeah. and Jonah. All oh, right. Yeah. Together. Yeah. And then just like, and there's a knitting factory, the show that Hannibal used to do, but it took over by four guys and they just fuck around with each other in between acts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. I, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, I, and even in my own act, like, I find I get bored with it. You know, I'm like, oh, I'd like to make it more of an experience. You know? uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we put these limitations on ourselves and things where we got to... What do you mean, more of an experience like how? What, like, can we give an example? I don't know, like something like real, you know, I don't know, walking into the crowd more or, or oh, you know, yeah. more like plants or things like that. Oh, you know, yeah. like, you know. Well, yeah, well, the joy is you just got to try whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, that's and it, you man. you fail, you're like, no, nah, it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, you try for a home run, but if it doesn't, you're like, really didn't matter. Just yeah, a fucking Tuesday show, and you know. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. I think sometimes when we do stand up or anything, really, we just we see what everyone else has done, 
and then we just put these limitations on ourselves. And then sometimes you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, hang on, I can do whatever I want. Like, that's why I do stand-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I'm going to go up and fucking just use gibberish for four and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, when I – I remember I did a few improv classes once and they're like, no, these are the rules. And I was like, oh, I can't – I can't do rules. Mm-hmm. And then I say like, well, oh, yeah, you have yeah. to do this. If yeah. someone hits you with, with this line, you've got it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Like, nah. Yeah. And then I, I, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But then I go do stand up and I'm like, did you ever notice this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm following the rules subconsciously. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Sometimes people just get not hacky, but like, it's yeah. just like expecting. My friend said everyone, when they start stand up, just does an impression of a stand up comic. Yeah. Like they're just doing like, this is what it's supposed to be like, right? You're supposed to talk like this. Yeah. Um, what's that? Is that that, uh, I think Tim and Eric did that sketch. What? Where Tim just talks in that rhythm of a stand-up comedian. Uh-uh. I yeah, he just it. talks in a rhythm yeah. on stage. Yeah, and he's he's not really saying any words. And it's, yeah, it's demoralizing to watch. I like what I can see when I go to other countries and see, yeah. like, foreign language stand-up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. then it's like you really see how hacky, like, you, you are yourself. Yeah, Because yeah. you're like, oh, I can tell. Like, he's doing a bit about his mom now, right? And you yeah. have someone who speaks about language. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm like, okay, he's mad at his mom. He's like, yeah, okay, cool, <laughs> yeah. get it, get it. And you don't even have to know the late. Just like, da 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 Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like everyone laughs, and you're like, "Oh wow, do I do that? Do I raise my voice right on punchlines and fucking?" Yeah, and, and it's weird. You only have to be a little bit different to like. Did you see Tim Key uh-uh. here at the comedy festival? Oh, he talks in a different rhythm, and I mean, he's still doing stand up, crowd work. He's not doing anything crazy, but he just talks in a different rhythm, and it changes the whole dynamic. Oh, really? Of the thing. Yeah, you just different like rhythm. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, you know, a different, not a normal stand-up type rhythm. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. That's but, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I, f- I find now, man, like, uh, as I was saying to you before, uh, watch, watching a stand-up grow like yourself, y- you lose that rhythm more and more. Like, I feel you're just talking more. Yeah, yeah, I now. try to get to that the, as much as I can. More, almost more yeah. than anything in my act, I just try to, like, make it seem like we could be doing this, just me and you. Yeah. Like, you know, in a, in a pub. Yep, yep. And it would sound the same. Yeah. I try to make it like that, just a conversation. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like to get to that point one day. I, I, you, become, you become looser, but you also get better at acting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can do act-out stuff in my act, yeah. and it's just like fine. You just pretend like you're just as angry as you were. It's fine. I was, I was, so, uh, I was so frustrated for years yeah. with, with stand-up. Like, so frustrated because I'd do a new bit, yeah. and it would have that fresh... You know, it would have that fresh... Yeah, you're excited about new, it. ...and it would go well, and it would just slowly get worse and worse <laughs> and worse. <laughs> yeah. And it, it yeah, would happen buddy. to me all the time, you know, and I get, I get bored with bits yeah. really, really quickly. And when you're doing, you know, comedy festival show and stuff, you want to you get together that hot, hot 45, It's weird, minutes. these festival shows, you got to do it exactly the same every night. Yeah, well, I, I try to mix it up. I try to, you know, mix, yeah. mix all the bits around. There's a few spots where I... You know, improv. The spots so. help. Where you yeah. can be like, this doesn't have to be for my act. I can do some other bit now. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. The little, yeah. small spots, those help a lot. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's great. You go to a different city and uh, like Perth, I didn't go to the Fringe Festival last year. So I had 
like this hot 15 where I could advertise my show. Like that wasn't That wasn't my part show. of your show. Yeah, it wasn't part of my show. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get, and you do three or four spots a night. It's great. That's that's when you really love stand-up, when you're just going to spot to spot. That's how New York is, dude. Yeah, yeah, really. You really yeah. just go from spot to spot, then you sit on the subway and think about like, oh, that middle part didn't go good. And you get like 30 minutes and then it's like, do it again. And then like, yeah. got like 30 minutes to sit there and think and then do it again. Yep. You know? Oh, man. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, great. And you do that like, a few nights a week, you have like three or four spots. Yep, yep. Would you, uh, where did you, where did you start out, man? L.A. L.A. Yeah, not the best place to start. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's just not for open micers. It's just not that uh, nurturing. Yeah, a lot of people. What they tell me, a lot of people in the states, like you're better off going to a kind of a smaller city and then making a name there, and then going to. Like the- it, it seems or just to get like your feet wet because it's so demoralizing. Yeah. yeah. In the beginning, so like I I remember because I know in San Diego. We would yeah. go down there sometimes because they had a comedy store in San Diego, so we could go do spots. Yep. But like then we do like the local shows too. Yeah. And like it was just nicer there. Yeah. Like, and people uh, would be listening. And then when I went home to Washington D.C., like I play rooms around there. Yep. And it was just like the open mics had like fifty regular audience members. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like oh, this is like the best show I've done in a year. Yeah. And it's just your regular open mic. Yep. It's just friendlier, so you can like fail a little and you know it won't be that bad people are like yeah he's trying yeah you know but in la they stare at you like what the fuck are you doing first of all you're not famous and you're awful get the fuck off it's just like oh so you only performed like other comedians oh man what what was your big what was your big place one of your first big places you performed at where you were like oh this is where i've always wanted to play you know like lago or something like oh, that yeah fucking none of those man yeah i got a job at the comedy store before i really knew what it was Oh, right, so I okay. So start performing there on Sundays. Yep, yep. In the employee set. But, like, the, yeah, there wasn't, like, I wanted to get into, like, a coffee shop here or there that uh, wouldn't book me, you know? Like, yeah. how come this fucking Lulu's Beehive coffee shop won't <laughs> fucking book me? It was so fucking annoying. Yeah. And then when they would, it's like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, what? This fucking sucks. Yeah. There's a fucking espresso machine going off on the side during your act. It's just like, this is terrible. Why did I want to get in here? Oh, man. Yeah. Stand-up is... When you first, I remember when I did, I, I was going out with this really nice girl, and uh, I'm still I'm still good mates with her. She was she was great, but I realised why did why did I, you know, mistreat her so much? And it's because I just started stand up then, yeah. and I was married to stand up. Oh yeah. At that point, like now I'm wiser. Now I know you perform better if you share time with your friends as well. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, but back then I was obsessed and doing that kind of shit. Like there'd be some terrible fucking room it was awful but if a guy didn't book me it would so irritate me like, yeah do you have get to me the, on there do you have to do the thing where you have to show up and hang out for a few weeks oh, and then man. i'll book you yeah yeah it's so annoying because like yeah. no dude i want to go do spot i don't want to go have a hangout yeah it's for audience members i'm not gonna be an audience member here what are, what the fuck are you talking about yeah i'm going to do another spot if i can't get a spot here God, I hated that. And I do like because you know you'd have the booker who would book the room, yeah. and then you would have the person who owns the venue, but you didn't know how to. So you'd just ring the venue, which was a big mistake. Oh, yeah, some yeah, yeah. didn't give a fuck. You're like, can I get on? And they're like, well, I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I just pour beers that. here. I forgot about that. You call yeah. a fucking place and they're yeah, like, yeah, I'm just mixing coffee or pouring yeah. beers. I don't know anything about the show on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you got to talk to that guy. I'm like, who's that guy? I'm like, I don't have his number. You're like, what do you mean you don't have a number? Yeah, he performs there or not? Yeah, show. <laughs> yeah, and then you're full of that confidence as well. Like you're just watching heaps of people who are good that might be try- have been going for a while or 
people that aren't getting, been going that good and just full of frustration, like, why aren't, why the fuck am I not on here? You yeah. Know, it, it's not till later on till your spirit gets broken. Yeah, over and over again. <laughs> I think it might actually have helped to see, like, the really shitty comics. Yeah. Because then it was like, well, I know I'm not good, but I'm like, I'm already better than that guy. Yeah. Like at open mics, you know? Yeah. He's been doing yeah. it for 25 years, and he's still yeah. open micer. He's probably ter- – I mean, he's terrible. And I yeah. just got better than him, and he was already – he knew what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You're already you, – pretty quickly, you can be not at the lowest rung. Yeah. It's weird when you've been doing it for a while, and you see an open micer, and you might have a few bad shows in front of them. Yeah. Or whatever. Or maybe you have a good friend – and you're coming up together, and they've been doing it for a less time. And there's that bit where they get a bit cocky, and they're like, you have that feeling that they kind of look down on you a little bit. Because you then, haven't figured it out. And then it comes, then you have to show your experience in some way, and you go, <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. I'm still okay. Like, you've just seen me. And and then you'll see a mate have three or four bad shows, and you're like, oh. Oh yeah, you lose all confidence in them. They're on the they're on the down they're on the downward, and then it's weird. Just two shows in a row, and you're like, that guy sucks. Yeah, and you're like, no, no, no. They were just trying stuff. <laughs> yeah, the both yeah. times you saw them, but like, yeah. but like you really get that in your head. Like, yeah. even if you know, it's like it's a Tuesday on a fucking in town nothing set. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. You should try to do stuff, but you still see like, I don't know. <laughs> or I'll see somebody as an open micer, and then eight years later. uh I'll be like, ah, oh, that guy's not good. Like, you saw them six months into comedy, and now they're yeah. eight and a half years into comedy, and they're way better. You're like, I saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not no, interested. It's it's also it's also weird how you get a great feeling about someone as well. You know, like uh, at the start, uh-huh. like they they might not even be that good, but you go, nah, this person's going places. Like they're just going to be good. I feel like you get it wrong too much where you're like they're going places, but like you feel like they could go places. I think it's yeah. like better. Yeah, where like I think they might have some. They stick with it. Were you like, uh, were you, were you like? Did you have uh, real funny bones, man? Or were you, yeah, I was in high school. I was funny. Uh, How about you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. Yeah, I've always been a bit of a nutcase. Yeah, yeah. And I think that works against you sometimes when you start doing stand up because you're you don't. It's not cool to work. You know, when you got kind of funny bones, you're like, oh, I don't need to work. What are all these fucking? You see all these blokes pulling out like. Pages and set pages list. of yeah set lists, and I used to go fuck them. I don't need that shit. And then now, like a lot of them have surpassed me, <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> now I'm the nerd as well. Actually working, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and did you find for a while, man, you lost your funny bones for a bit? I remember I did. I was just like, I don't know, for about about a year in, I just became real shit. Really, it's like really contrived and terrible. Contrived, yeah, I was contrived for sure. Yeah, yeah I was just, I don't know, yeah. I had a girlfriend come see me, and yeah. she was like, I finally let her see me. It was like one of the first people I met, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, you can come watch. Yeah. And she was like, that was funny, but she was like, you were funnier in the dining hall at college. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what do you she goes, I don't know, you just seemed like you were talking then, but here it was like, I don't know what you were doing. You were like yelling at us or something. <laughs> yeah, I was contrived. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I find that as well. I find... And I found for a while, like now I'm a whole lot more positive. Mm-hmm. I'm positive about stand-up. I'm positive about everything. Yeah. But for a while, I was in a real like, you know, you just, you're just hanging with comics all the time, whatever. And you're just in this kind of void of sarcasm 
or like a void of uh, what is it? To, it it's, instead of looking at the ro- world with rose colored glasses, yeah. you look at it with idiot colored glasses. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, everything's bitter. That thing sucks. How come? Uh, that yeah. sucks. And all your friends around you are like, yeah, that does suck. Here's some more reasons why that sucks. This is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I find that you just, and you're, you're bagging out anyone that's hack. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, that person's hack. That, that bloke does old school jokes. That guy sucks or whatever. Yeah. And then you go, oh, hang on. After all, you go, oh, good on him. He does it good. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be a groundbreaking comic. I was thinking about this too. It's like, yeah. I used to like shit on like these like comics who are better off than me, but like, like hacky. Yeah. And I'm like, that guy yeah. sucked. And it was like, well, also, Ari, you suck. Yeah. Like, like at least her technique is good. <laughs> yeah. At least they know how to like deliver a punchline and like <laughs> do a switch or something like that. But it's like, you don't know how to do any of that. So it's yeah. almost like, am I mad at myself? Yeah. Because if I'm like, if I had the technique that they had, I wouldn't be doing that kind of material. I don't know what it was, but it's like, why are you angry at them? You're awful. Yep. You're a seven percent out of a hundred, and you're fucking shitting on somebody who's a sixty percent. Oh man. Because they could be an eighty percent. Oh man, that that's exactly it. That's that's the turnaround I had like this year. You know, because I, I do the festivals. Yeah. What are uh, you angry at everybody else? Uh, no, I wasn't angry. I was probably like frustrated. And my parents are frustrated. Yeah, because uh, oh, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they were like, "Why you? Why do you do a festival <laughs> if you make no money out of it?" And I'm like, "But it's art, you know, it's art." And then you, you know, you, I, I guess, some, I guess, in somewhat respected in some way in the comedy community, people were like, "Oh, well, you, you know, you're getting always accolades from comedians, but you're not really getting." And, and that and helps, though. It helps you keep going. Yeah, it does. Get somebody you like going, like, "Hey, good job." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, that's what did keep me going. It was a few comics that were like, "Man, you can't stop." But I just had that kind of thing where I was like, "Well, maybe it's time I just showed my parents some results." You know, like maybe I just if I show them that I can actually make some money, like what they have every right to be worried. Oh, right. Like this is their child uh-huh. doing this thing, and they haven't seen me on TV. They haven't seen me on any results. They they can't. Yeah, why would they think? And look at it from their point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at it. Their son with no training wants yeah. to be a fucking professional stand-up comedian. Yeah. Odds are no, right? And then you yeah. look at the other comics, you're like, oh, 90% of them aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So, like, why am I the one who, who is? With, yeah. With no signs that I will be going anywhere? Also, it was just weird flicking on the TV. And there was a few comics, like, uh, probably about five or six I hang out with or do shows with. They were on? And they were on TV, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And like, I, I, don't, I don't watch... But it was at my at my grandma's house, just watching public TV or whatever, and they're all on there. And I got tired of going. Oh yeah, I know that guy. Oh yeah, I know that guy. And I was like, oh, well, you, you know, no wonder they think I'm a fucking loser because I'm the I'm just saying I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it was it was so weird. So and then the moment, you know, like you think that the people like the head honchos of the festival or head honchos of TV. Um, watching showbiz, president of showbiz. showbiz, the presidents, yeah. the president. You're just like, you know, they're being unfair to me. And you're like, no, they're not being unfair. If you're selling no tickets, they're not going to take any interest in you. You know, if there's no interest or general buzz, yeah. you've got to start making decisions yourself. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and when I gave into that, when I just go, well, there must be a reason, yeah. then I started getting everything. Oh, really? Know? So it was good. Oh, that's know? pretty cool. Yeah. Did you have a moment like that, man, or were you... No, I remember having to give up open mics. Yeah. Um, the owner of the comedy store was like, you can't, you can't do open mics. And I was like, oh, well, what the fuck? How am I going to get up then? Yeah. And then it just started coming. I would do like, you know, like the, like the cat club, whatever it's called. What was it called? Where did I see you? 
Oh, at uh, Crab Lab. Crab Lab. I would just start doing shows like that. Yep. Because they start coming, but they didn't come until after I like said, okay, I guess I'm done with open mics. And oh, then, really? And then my spots like went down, but then a month later they were back up to where they were, just with better shows, with like real audience shows. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, but like I got to the point where I would get rejected. I wanted this one thing. I just wanted to become like a regular at the comedy store in Los Angeles. Yep. And then like I kept getting rejected so much, and my friends kept getting passed in. Yeah, that I was like, first I was like, oh, I sucks. I'm better than him. And then eventually yeah. I was like, I just let go. And I was like, it's just not going to be me. I guess I should be happy for them. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean, the yeah. other guy I was mad at now it's been three years and he's already a prof- like, what, what am I spending time fucking being mad at him? Yeah. You know, he's big, he's gotten better. So fuck it. You know, congrats. Oh man. Yeah. And there's some weird decisions you make. I remember I was, I was broke. I didn't have a job and I just thought I could do it. I just yeah. thought I could do stand-up. Yeah. And I think when you're asking people for MC spots, and not much money, no, $120 no. or whatever, it's maybe you get LA. an MC, MC spot three times a year at the most at the same place. So, you know, you can't – there's not 50 comedy you know, rooms in yeah. Melbourne. You know, there's not – I don't think there's even 50 in Australia. Yeah. So <laughs> you're like pleading for this $120, $150 and – you know, that's when I got put on the least. And that's when I realized, look, if, if I get a job, I'm in control. Like, I was in control of my money, and I stopped caring about and you got a real paid job. spots. Oh, just a casual job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They paid okay, but just enough to pay the rent. Yeah. You know, to pay the rent and things like that. It, and it changed my perspective on everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I booked for a commercial, like a TV commercial yep. in LA. And I took a class on how to, like, book commercials. Yeah. And the guy was like, I want you to just like, he did like real like spiritual shit in the beginning, yeah. but, not, but he was just like, you can make 40 grand if you booked a good commercial. So he's yeah. like, I will go around the room. Tell me what your life, how you would change your life yeah. if you had 40 grand. And some people are like, I buy my, a new car. My car sucks. Yeah. But mine was like, oh, I could just be a standup. Yeah. And then I wouldn't have to worry about anything. Yep. 40 grand. I could go for two years on that. I can, I could just be a standup for two years. Man. Yeah, and then it was. It was fucking great. Oh man, that's great. Was that was that a turning point in you? Yeah, because then yeah. it was like, oh, I have money. I may have money enough just to eat. Yeah. Because, but the problem is in LA there was no money made in stand up. Yeah, right. That wasn't even around the corner, so it wasn't even like we weren't even getting the hundred twenty dollar gigs. Yeah, for like, yeah. For like five or six years. Yeah, and really. Then you had to like drive an hour to get those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was never. There was never a way to make money at stand up in LA. It's so weird because Melbourne's like a. I don't know. There's there's more a lot of free rooms. Like yeah. uh, you mostly do a free spot unless you're the MC. Yeah. But then there's this weird. I don't know if you felt it here or if there's a city similar in the st- states where people are very supportive and there's almost too much comedy. Uh, that that is that is you know there's guys who just make a living doing football clubs, uh, or. Just doing those little fundraisers. Just doing fundraisers for football clubs, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some of that in New York. Yeah. There's guys who never go on the road. Yeah, right, yeah, And yeah. who can make enough money at Spots in New York. Spots in New York pay 25 bucks on weekdays and then 75 on weekends. So if you do like, you could do five, six spots on a weekend night. So yeah. you can make like 300, 600 bucks. Really? Maybe 800 through the week. Yeah. So you make 800 bucks every week, 1,000 every week. Without Jesus. going anywhere, you're like, yeah, that's good money. Yeah, you know, yeah, man. To get by. And what you were when did you leave LA? Yeah, I left LA like five years ago. Yeah, right. I just got man. bored of it. Yep, yep. Um, 
It's so weird, man, because like I'm a I'm a big fan of yours. Never oh, really delved into your history. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never really knew where you were from or anything. I just used I to watch. I was born in New York, and then I, I grew up in Maryland. Yeah, was, was religious Jewish, and then yeah. like lost all that. Finished university, and then like moved to LA to start comedy. Man, that's cool. And what lately? I, I guess you because I, I, I've heard you talk about it in the podcast before and stuff. But lately, you've had like a mad life change. Like you went off the grid for a while. Or something, oh yeah, you? yeah. Well, you've we, done that too, though, huh? Yeah, I've done it a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah where'd man. you go? Uh, years ago, I went on a round the world trip to around like the world. Yeah, I've done Ooh. it twice actually. Done two round the world trips, but that was before I started stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just a mad traveler. My dad, my dad, um, he ran a cotton farm, so I would go back to the cotton farm. My brother and I. Where is this? Uh, in uh, Moree. Where is um, that? It's on, it's, it's on the it's on the New South Wales Queensland border. Okay. It's like the east coast of Australia. It's about six hundred kilometers west of the east coast, so it's in the middle of nowhere, basically. Okay. Yeah. There's no. There's oh, no. Hundred miles inland. Yeah. Inland. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing's there. Yeah. Nothing's there. So it was just a, a small town called Boomai. Like my my um my primary school there's twenty five kids in it. Oh, all bogans. Yeah, uh, not not really bogans. It's actually Mori is actually a real rich agricultural district. It's it's real. It's it's quite weird. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of this weird apocalyptic town, Mori. <laughs> so, for example, they've got it's the main street is very well. It's daggy, but it's very well structured. Like it's what's it's, daggy mean? Daggy like um, janky. Yeah, just not not cool. Oh, it's not cool. It's you know those. It's very businessy, very business type. You know when everything's kind of metal and grey cement, but it's all done in you know geometric shapes. <laughs> That's kind of what the street is of, of yeah. Mori, you know. And there's there's Mercedes Benz driving up there, and they've got mud splattered up the side because they've just driven off a farm. Um, but then also you go to the to the side of the tracks, and they have a they there's a huge Aboriginal uh, problem there where they haven't been able to you know see both sides really. So you have these kind of rich white farmers uh, who just kind of turn their not not all of them. But Are they all like homeless or like? Uh, I mean, no, it's just like there's kind of like I guess what you'd say is like uh, community housing, um, and yeah, it's it's quite dangerous. I'd probably rather walk through Sydney than Moree at, at uh, night. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's weird. It's like it's like you know that uh, what was that <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. What's that movie, uh, Land of the Dead, that Dennis Hopper one, where he's like a rich guy, and then they send the people in to get the poor. You know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, like a, uh, it's like an apocalyptic kind of place. I, it's very interesting. I I enjoy going back there because it's so weird. The dynamic is so damn. Weird. And so it's just like a few rich whites, and then like all abos. Oh, you can't say abos. Aboriginals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Aboriginals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's getting better. How can you just shorten every fucking word except Aboriginal? Yeah. <laughs> You yeah, always yeah. do the smashed avo and like... Oh, man, yeah. Ca- that, as soon as you sh- shorten that Aboriginal, everyone gets upset. Man, that, yeah, that casual like racism is was ingrained in me. Yeah. You know, it was so weird. Like I still... I'm lucky I've got good friends in Melbourne. Like Melbourne is so left. <laughs> like wash you of it? Oh, man, yeah, yeah. They always let me know. You know, and I, oh, I fuck up so many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best when you meet some like woke people and you're like, yeah. really? That's way wrong? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, sorry. What word should I use? Okay, sorry. I'll try. And you fuck up again. Like we told you, I'm like, I know, I know. But you told me once and I've had my whole fucking childhood tell me 10,000 times. So give me some time to catch up. 
Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it the other day, man. Like, I, I remember I had a friend and he had a Ford Falcon, which is your average Australian car, I guess. Okay. And, you know, because um, they, were, they were cheap and you get old ones, they were so common. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of Aboriginal people drove them. And, you know, of course, Aboriginal people are known as coons. And really? Coon, that would oh. they'd say it. Coon, that's like a, you know, that was an offensive word. Yeah, we had that for and black people. Yeah, yeah, awful. You know, just awful. And I remember I had a friend and he, like Falcon, he put an extra O in Falcon? the Falcon. So it said Falcoon. And he, and he called his car the Coon. And we, we thought it was a big joke. You know, and it was... I look back on that, and I, I almost want to shower like every every ten minutes. Like I'm like, oh my god! I, like I can't believe I thought that was funny. You, you know? don't know any better. You're like, oh, this is wrong. And you don't imagine it's actually someone else is reading it. Yeah, getting hurt by it. You're just like, haha, right? Because yeah. you can't say coon, so that's funny. Yeah, he has taken the time <laughs> to, to debadge his car, like to change the badge, so it says foul. To add an extra metal letter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there. find oh, another O. Like. <laughs> Taking some real care into some racism, and I mean, he wasn't a bad guy. He had, I don't think he had anything against Aboriginal people. Yeah, he just thought, oh yeah, that's that's a funny thing. You know? Yeah, that's all it is. You're yeah, not really yeah. thinking of like that. you yeah. look at it under a microscope now, and you're like, well, what did you? Expect? Of course, you were trying to hurt them. You're like, oh, yeah. I really wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like I had this thing on, on, in in camp, like sleepaway camp. Yeah, we had to, we had to write like for, you get like a bunch of money in canteen, and you get like you know like. Like uh, ICs and fucking candy yeah. and shit, sodas. Yeah. You just fill out in the morning what you wanted, and you put a check next to each thing, and then that comes. They just deliver it to you. Yeah. Until you're down to zero dollars, and I was trying to get to like it even zero dollars and zero cents to like <laughs> make it exactly right because you get stuck with fifteen cents. There's nothing you can use. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I got it down, and so the last day on all the things, it was like Coca Cola. You can check it, and you have a name. Everybody's name this way. Yeah. So. I just wrote in all the boxes. I just wrote F U C K space. I just wrote yeah. "fuck you, bitch" yeah, yeah. on the side, and then I mean, I didn't even know who ran the canteen. Yeah, but it was some lady, and she saw it, and she was like, "You just telling me to fuck myself?" Yeah, and I got in a lot of trouble. It's like, oh no, it wasn't to you. It was just to like, yeah, to, to the canteen. Like, I beat you. Oh man, the canteen. Yeah. But not, I'm not. I didn't really think somebody was reading this. Yeah, and I could not convince them of that. Like, of course you meant fuck you to the person you wrote it to. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's, yeah, the casual racism. It's so funny because, like, uh, I, I I don't know if you're the same, but I you know I I try not to hurt anybody. Yeah. You know, and then and then sometimes you get on your high horse, and you've seen your mates get away with so much worse than that. Like writing "fuck you, bitch," and no one's even seen it, and it's fine. It's a big joke. Mm-hmm. And then I try to even get my fingers, you know, wet and that kind of like, <laughs> and then and then it always backfires on me. And I'm like, this is why I don't do anything partially negative, because <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you started there, and then and then what happened? Um, in Moray. Oh, uh, in Moray, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. My, yeah, we just my brother and I. We just go back. We we do a cotton season, so you know, ten twenty grand. Uh, we didn't. We'd stay. We'd live with you know our parents, and we didn't um, uh, have any expenses out there because you, you just, just had ten the or twenty grand. How long is the season? This picking season. Uh, you, yeah, you you do about you know probably like three months, four months, or something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, month. yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, and then you just take off. So yeah, the first I think I, I actually 
One of the reasons, man, I I enjoy your stuff is because I um my first place I ever wanted to go was Israel. Oh yeah, yeah, because I got the best. My 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 dad showed me a lot of stuff, and when we worked on the cotton farm, a lot of the irrigation systems. Oh yeah, and the uh, yeah, and the the uh, fertilizer and everything. Was. Yeah, they've reclaimed like almost that whole fucking land from the swamp or from desert. Man, yeah, well, that's yeah, and it was wasn't until I. Because I, I wanted to go to Israel and work in a kibbutz. I did that. Because all my mates, you know, went to Europe. Yeah. And I was like, fuck Europe. Hate hate that. Romantic or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I, for some reason, I was against it. I don't know why. And that was when Hamas got voted in. And the Australia has – we have the shittest media ever. Like the moment anything is slightly out of it and they're like, nah, we're closing the program down. Hamas got voted in. Oh, really? Yeah, It's crazy because yeah. you guys all go to East Timor. Yeah, which like America still has travel advisors. Yeah, against. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's crazy. So I didn't, and then oh, I thought so they couldn't go. They were like, "Nah, it's not safe." Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And then my mate, he went to to South America, and he told me he played he played the bagpipes. He he rocked up to South America with bagpipes, and he just lived <laughs> in South America for twelve months, just street. Just yeah, just uh, playing the bagpipes because he playing said, on the street for yeah, just for playing on the streets. He said people would just sometimes he would get no money, but people always offer him into their house, and and I was like, that's what I want to do. And then plus, I saw the motorcycle diaries, the movie, the Che Guevara story, and I was like, that this is what I want to do. This is the place I want to go, go around places. Yeah, and then I got to uh, yeah, that would be cool. I got to uh, South America, and I met Israelis there. And I was like, they're like, oh, man, there must be a lot of stuff going over there. And they're like, nah, man. They're like, Israel, they're like, Tel Aviv, you can wave your wallet in the air. No one's going to steal it. Like, it's the safest place ever. You're like, yeah, you really should have done that kibbutz program. <laughs> oh, yeah, the kibbutz team are so safe. <laughs> Except for the settlements. And even those, they have guards because they're like, there's generally so little shit going on. Yeah. And then yeah. everyone hears about it. My mom called me because there was some guy in Times Square. There's a neighborhood in New York. And some guy took his car, the new terrorism, you know, just fucking drove through everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, I mean, I, terrorism is wrong, but it would be so fun. <laughs> just, uh, you know, just to see them all clunk and just keep going. <laughs> just mow them down one after, just like clear paths. Oh. Forget about the loss of human life, but it would be fun to do that. Um, You've been playing too much GTA, Yeah, man. so like that, where I'm like, it's fucking great through a crowd. It would slowly slow you down. You have to get a little speed just to get some extra air. Anyway, so she called me, and she it was like, you know, 11 a.m., and she was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, what? I hadn't heard of it yet, you know? Yeah. And she's like, oh, there was a, an attack. And I was like, oh, where? She's like, Times Square. I'm like, okay, well, here, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah, and I'm in New York. I'm like, first of all, I'm never in Times Square. Yeah, that's for tourists. And second of all, even if I was, it's still like a one in a hundred chance that I get hit or even see it. You know, yep. my back was turned. It was over in fucking a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. It's like yep. a six block area. It's like there's no way. Yeah. Most people that were there didn't even like see anything, let alone get hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the same way with Israel. At some point, like, ah, depends where you are. Oh man, yeah, exactly. I was, uh, I still want to go there. I really would love to go there. I, I made friends with a lot of Is- Israelis. I traveled around him. I found that if if you if you saw a group of Israelis, you weren't really going to get in there. But if you met one or two by themselves, that they would die for you immediately. Upon upon hello, yeah. Upon the hello, uh, yeah. I remember 
Um, they a, do speak their own language that no one else in the world speaks. Yeah. So it really does make them fucking stick to themselves when they get in a big group. I th- yeah, and then also I didn't know this. I didn't know how small it was that yeah. there's a general – because they all do their service and things like that. Generally, they do have friends in common or know each other. So if Israelis run into other Israelis, they're, they're probably going to know each other somehow. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that at all. So oh, like, yeah. Plus, you're right. They all grow up in whatever city, and then they all do the service, and then they all travel after the service. So they should be in the same yeah. like, age bracket-ish. I, I love that because like, I'm, I'm lazy by nature. Yeah. I'm, I'm so lazy, and I'm always – I think that's what's always um, made me – impressed me by Israeli people, how you know, they got kicked out. To that, to that land, and they're like, "Fucking make that work! <laughs> Fucking make that work! You will never grow any shit here." And then, you know, like that kind of uh, Israeli, that like, like that Jewish bloody stubbornness. They're like, "Yeah, we'll make this fucking desert work." Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, they, we're going to do drip irrigation, like uh, the kibbutz system, the fertilizer. Yep. Just watch us. And they're like, nah, you're fucked. Yeah, the dead season, it's all salt. And they're like, all right, that means we're going to have salt. We're going to shit that out. We're going to make this fresh water. And we're going to make salt up for people's tables up north. (laughs) And then next thing you know, they got missile guidance systems that would. (laughs) Yeah, all the other fucking countries are like, we want that now. I'm like, now you want it. It was a fucking swamp in Tel Aviv. And it was a fucking (laughs) desert in the south. Only Jerusalem was nice. Well, it really pisses me off about Australia because, you know, um, we, we don't make, we make some of the best solar power systems in the world, oh, yeah, you guys could have power all day, man. We could, and we've got all this desert. Yeah, you know, we're just ruining our our good farmland, you know. We and we're looking for coal, and I'm like, man, coal is like the fifties. Like, green energy used to be expensive. Now it's so cheap, and we make, we invent the best solar panels. Australians, we, we should be, we should have, we should have bloody deserts full of them. But you know, it's. Due to the government and the uh, corruption in our government, mining is still king. You Government's know, super corrupt here, huh? Well, I think corrupt in a way that Australians. I don't know. This is. I don't know too much about politics. I'm not a smart guy, but the um, for for what I we're very backwards in terms of some things. Yeah. Number one's coal, things like that. We still believe in oil and coal. We're, we're going to risk the Great Barrier Reef, right? One of our greatest things ever to have this shipping. Like a like a coal shipping port, like right there. It's, yeah, it's insane. Like when you talk when you talk about it, you know. Oh really? And oh, all that shit is just like the businessmen taking out the lawmakers, the politicians to dinner and fucking games oh, and stuff, and then like, hey, listen, actually, it'll it'll create a lot of jobs for these people. So they go, yeah, you know what, it will. It's I so embarrassing. He's, he's speaking nicely to me. What? Yeah, yeah. Like we we our standard of living is incredible. But we, it's embarrassing some things. Like, I, I, you know, the gay marriage thing just came through. They that was embarrassing. It. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was embarrassing that Elon Musk had to pester because we had a power problem in Adelaide. You know, like they had a power station shut down there. It was all very... Really? Yeah. And um, Elon Musk had to pester us to build this battery. He's like, look, if it's not finished by this time, you can have it for free. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so he's showing us that green power is it's the way to go. But yeah, My th- there was a lot Iceland of people against that, it. That everybody's like in Iceland's like shitting on everyone else's um, power problems. Yeah, like, yeah. Why can't they just get power from volcanic energy? 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, because we're the only ones who have it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in Australia, it's like you guys have so much just empty space. Yeah, yeah. You could just be farming that fucking solar energy into every city. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, well, I hope hopefully it gets better. I, I went back out to the country where I'm from. Yeah. And there were a lot more solar panels out there and things like that. Oh. You know, which which is great. Which is, I think, I think uh, outback Australia is really embracing technology now. I'd never really seen them embrace it, but I think, you know, uh, there's there's a you know when you've got a closed mind, yeah, and then you start seeing heavy results. And you're like, you got to make oh, it okay, really easy for people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, oh. <laughs> I think that's what everybody's doing with Bitcoin. They're like, nah, fuck that. And they're like, wait, how much money did you make? You just bought a house? A yeah. fucking $100 investment? <laughs> and they keep saying that. They're like, maybe I should do this. <laughs> I remember uh, when I was actually in, um, uh, when I was in South America, yeah. uh, I uh, had sex with an Israeli girl. Did you really? And yeah, hey, congratulations, buddy. Oh, man, it was crazy because that was back like 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And they had... Um, you had digital cameras. You didn't have phone cameras or anything. Uh-huh. And she wanted to take a photo of my dick. Really? Because it's, it's, uns- it's uncircumcised. <laughs> yeah. She'd never She's, seen one? She wanted to show it to a friend. She's like, I had sex with this uh, uncircumcised this dick. dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. And I remember being like, oh, no, I don't think I want to do that. Like, I think now if it was like a phone or something, it was easy. But back then it was like a digital camera, you know. It was like, it had to be uploaded and printed off or whatever, you know. (laughs) And then just standing there with it out, you know. I don't know. It was was such a weird experience. (laughs) It's funny because I've talked to a lot of people about travelers and, and a lot of them say Israelis are the worst. Others, well, for sure Chinese are the worst, but no one considers them because no one's friends with them. Yeah. But like, Israelis and Australians both come up a lot. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, as I said before, like Israelis in a group, you you're not good, but um, you, you get you get two or three by themselves. It's it's incredible. Yeah, like, they're cool it's people. The best time, man. Yeah, man. And and the stories are of know, war, yeah, of like of actual war, like man. shit they've done. And uh, my dad, oh, it was so funny. My dad had two Israeli guys working on the pecan nut farm, and um, typical kind of. You know, it was like one of those comedy you movies. Cotton and pecans? Yeah, well, my my dad, he's he stopped doing cotton now, and they do pecan nuts. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's good. Both both uh, both big American industries. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got all the uh, they get all their. Um, there's actually a pecan nut farm in Moree, that like one of the biggest ones, and they used to have a direct flight to the states. Come right out of there and yeah. just jump off your shit. Yeah, yeah. We just call them yeah. pecans. Pecans, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they had, I think they were, they were called, I forget the name of it. Yeah. My dad's obsessed with them. Loves pecan nuts. He's obsessed with them. But yeah, he had these two Israeli guys working for him and, you know, big units, like funny guys. And they asked him for weed. And my dad's like, I'm a 65 year old man. I I don't know where weed is. Right. Anyway, they got, they got some weed together somehow. Oh, this is actually before this, they left the handbrake off on one of the dad bought this brand new ute and they left the handbrake off and it rolled down a hill and into a tree oh, and fuck. smashed the front up oh, fuck. and dad he was like like he said they, they they were so apologetic they were like oh we'll buy you a new one or whatever but dad sent me the text message in broken english and it was so funny like <laughs> hi simon fucked up <laughs> left <laughs> left handbrake off <laughs> Car is totally fucked. Like, <laughs> I'm very sorry. I will I will stay here for years until 
you know, so the, there was that. Dad was kind of pissed off for them with that, but he, he was fine with it, you know. And then one time they they called him and said, can you come down? Um, there's been an accident with one of the guns. They were shooting the guns and one of them they, one of them jumped in the ute with the gun and then blew his toe off. What do you mean, really? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? They're trained military people. I know, but you know what, man? They were high. Like, they didn't want to go to the hospital because they were high. He blew and, his toe off? He jumped in uh, with the face uh, down? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> so my dad was... If they'd just blown their toes off, that'd be fine. But then they said, oh, we were high, and that that just really annoyed <sighs> dad so much. He... And you don't want to get on his bad side. He doesn't yell at you or anything like that. He just doesn't talk for a good three weeks. Like, and he's he's impenetrable, like a, a impenetrable wall. I don't know if your dad was like that or whatever. Sometimes, man. yeah, uh, he'd just be disappointed. And just like, <sighs> yeah, they're the that's the hardest, especially if you're with. high, right? Because you're like, well, yeah. I mean, I, all I hear is you guys saying it doesn't affect you, but then you just blew your toe off because of yeah. it, so it very much is affecting you. <laughs> But yeah, it was so, and then and then they formed this really strong bond, like a real, like you know, he, he was a real hard worker. You know, these uh, these uh, Israeli guys are really hard workers, and you know, then um, yeah, Dad wanted to try and get them sponsored. You know, so, so it was weird. Uh, no, they they didn't end up getting sponsored. They went oh. ended up getting back to Israel. But the one of them um, fell in love with a Dutch girl that worked on the farm, and now she has moved to Israel. And they're together. Yeah, they're together. Oh hell yeah! Yeah yeah, so weird, huh? So, so you such a took, beautiful yeah, story. I mean, sort of, sort of. So you took off and went to South America. Yeah, man. Yeah. And yeah. Then how long did you stay there? What did you do there? I was there for nine months. How fucking cool, man! It was it was That's the greatest awesome. nine months. Yeah, yeah. I worked in a um, I worked in a few different places. I worked in a hostel that uh, in the Patagonia that has the southern right whales. Uh, these big whales come in to yeah. to mate, and then they also come in to give birth. Uh, it was called Puerto Pyramides. So you worked in a hostel? Yeah, I worked in a hostel there. Uh-huh. And then I... Free room and board? Yeah, free room and board. Got a little bit of money if I sold sold these whale tours. Uh-huh. And then I started going out uh, as a translator kind of thing from Spanish to English. Do you spoke Spanish? Yeah, not not very well. I, I spoke it decently. Sometimes I they the person talked too fast. So I just make up some bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah. For the what? For the whale tours? Yeah, for the whale tours. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like, oh, the back. Yeah, it just says it's turning around and, you know, the seagulls are annoying it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I don't know. I know the word for whale and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In Patagonia? That's a, I want to go there. Man, it's incredible. It's so, it's the weirdest place because you'll drive eight hours, just desert. Not one thing, and then you'll just see this like oasis, you know, on the water of the ocean, you know, like, and that's all the cities there. They're these little oasises in the middle of the desert, and yeah, it's incredible. Where where I shacked up with the Israeli girl was this other place called Salta, uh, way up north, not in the Patagonia, but way up the north of Argentina. Yeah, and it's incredible. Yeah, you just drive four or five. Well, maybe maybe yeah, maybe you drive nearly a whole day. Like I thought, I was, I thought I was going to be up four or five hours, but I think nearly a whole day, just up near the border of Bolivia, and then you see this oasis in the middle of the desert, like this big mountain with the, these green trees on it and stuff like that, and and they Is had it, the gaucho music, 
and the big stakes oh, there, yeah. and it was oh cool, man. It was like I I was I wanted to move to Argentina. I was I, I wanted to go back to the cotton farm, save up a heap of money, and I had this idea called a ten thousand dollar idea. Yeah. So what you do, I don't know. I'd still like to do it one day. Is ten thousand dollars not a small amount of money, but not a huge amount of money? You can lose ten thousand dollars. And keep living your life. You don't yeah, have to kill yourself if you lose $10,000. Exactly. Yeah. 20 grand, you start having regrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I thought, well, if I go back with $10,000, I'll be able to start a cafe or something. And if it fails, it doesn't matter. So be it. Yeah, it's been an experience. Damn. And then I, j- I didn't do it. That was the idea? Yeah. Just go and start a cafe? I'd still like to do that or something, like start a bar or something in some place. Yeah. Maybe I should do it in Israel or something. I don't I know. I feel like if you just got enough money coming in, yeah. just to like pay your fucking food, live in yeah. the back, yeah, and just pay enough for food, I guess, and then you yeah. have like a couple bucks spending money, and you're just like, yeah, golden life. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I... I uh, I was I was working. I think we told this in another podcast when I was working in Thailand on a reggae boat tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just got paid eight dollars a day, and you just smoke weed on this on this boat. And pe- they'd always listen to trance music uh, at night, like the um, on Koh Phan Yang, this island. People listen to either you know kind of hip hop or where's the, where the full moon party on Koh Samui? Yeah, I, I, Koh, no, no, so Koh Phan Yang. Yeah. It's on Koh Phan Yang. Yeah, and Koh Samui is where people like like shack up for a few days before and afterwards, and they fucking take the boat in. Yeah, Koh Samui is more for the older people. Yeah, I think I went to Koh Samui and then yeah. we just went into Koh Phan Yang that that yeah. day. Koh Phan Yang is more for yeah backpackers and young people. For sure. And I think Koh Samui is more honeymooners and more, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. It's it's definitely. Um, Less less crazy, but it's still a bit crazy. But yeah, they just played techno and stuff like that, and on the beach, and I hated it. And me and this British, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Oh man, especially because everybody else is fucking party day. Yeah, yeah, and you fucking live there. Especially when you like, um, like MD was just starting to come around back then. They you got know, MD in, the in Thailand. Yeah, that, that was where I first took MD at a jungle party. Whoa, I yeah. didn't see any Molly there. All I saw was like everything else. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah I, I was too scared. I'm, I, I'm too scared to go and buy it now. But I was li- I was living in You're this. Too scared country. to buy it? Why? Well, I just thought you'd get arrested or something. The only reason I bought it back then, I was living in a, a like a kind of a resort that you could only get to by boat with a couple of Israeli guys. Actually, it was really good. And they oh, uh, you were they they took they were taking people to that one yeah. from the beach. They're like, hey, if you guys were done partying, fucking come to this island. Yeah, yeah, man. It was like around the side. So the police couldn't really get there. And plus, I'd built up a relationship with the people. Yeah, they pay off cops. Like, how does this bar only have weed? This bar has mushrooms. Yeah. We paid off cops. And like, <laughs> oh, okay. And they just leave it alone. Reggae bars on the beach. Yeah, that yeah. sell joints in a cup. Yeah. It's like, it's so easy to crack down if they wanted to. Oh, man, yeah. Mushroom Mountain. Crazy. That place where you just go and get a mushroom shake. That shit, that didn't do shit to me. Yeah. I drank two of those things and it didn't do fuck all. <laughs> I, I I drank one, yeah. and I think mushrooms. Your first one is your best, and you're never gonna never gonna get for the sure, top, for sure. Know? And I think that's what happened to me. I was I was walking into the beach like Jesus. I was on one of those floating pontoons, yeah. just going, "This is incredible." And then I, every time I tried to match it, ever since I was like, "No." Nah, it's always no chasing way. the dragon. Every drug is chasing yeah. the dragon. Yeah, 
Uh, same thing with childbirth, by the way. You have your yeah. first kid, and then everyone's like, has two, three, four, because you're like, oh, remember that feeling we had when we had that kid? <laughs> and yeah. like, you'll never get back there. <laughs> um, wait, so they're playing this techno music all the time, and what? Yeah, and then I decided I would, me and this guy, this Swedish guy, decided we would have like a rock and roll night. And we didn't advertise it that much. We, I just had one of those big iPods back then, one of those, and, I, and it had been hacked. So I could fit all this, you know, as a 20 gig one or whatever. Yeah. And I had all, you know, played the hives and stuff like that on this beach. It was just all rock and roll. And it killed, you know. We, I we bet. Made so much money, you know, pe- people were coming in just paying this rock and roll night. And I was like, oh, this is, this is awesome. You know, um, I thought this this is going to be my ten thousand dollar idea. You know, yeah. going to come back, start a rock and roll club. But then I think after being in Kofenyang for for two months, and how disrespectful people are from first world countries, leaving the, their shit the, on the beach. You know, and I realized oh, really? I was living in another country, but I wasn't getting any culture. Yeah, Thailand is that a lot? Yeah, pie. You go to pie at all? Uh, was it Pai? It's in the north. No, I didn't go to Pai. It's just like no. a weed town. Yeah, right, man. Yeah. But same thing with, with, that, with those fucking full moon party towns. Like, yeah. There's no... This is just the place where all the travelers decided to meet. This yeah. is in Thailand. Man, and just the people who own the resorts and stuff, or not resorts, just like, I don't know, you just see them, you meet the same person all the time. It was like some... A forty-five-year-old British lady was like, "Yeah, I've moved over here. I'm starting a bar up in the mountains. I'm trying to train them up, but you know they're just lazy and stuff like that." And you're like, you know, one Swedish guy who owned a pub, and he's like, "Man, they, they can only cook Thai food fast." And I'm like, "Yeah, because it's their food." Like, you know, like you just see all of that shit, and you're like, "I am over this. I am not." Uh, a British guy offered me to be a scuba diver instructor. And I would have been living there legally. And I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. Well, it's like, just too much after a while. Yeah, it's just too much disrespect. What do you mean they left their shit out? They just leave their like like towels and shit on the beach and like, someone will get it? Man, just, yeah, people smoking on the beach and then just putting their butts in the sand. And there's like, there's like a crew of like 200 Thai people in the morning yeah. that just comb that beach. For, t- for trash. For trash, yeah. Who pays just, them? The city? I guess so, yeah. Because to make it seem beautiful, because otherwise, oh, if, it, if it gets gross, I saw that in Korong in, in Cambodia. Yeah, where and I was like all the way around the other side where there's like almost nobody there. Yeah, and then but still, like the guy who owned, owned the fucking little bungalows there. Yeah, was just going out in the morning taking all the trash that had moved, washed in and stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. He was like, make it look nice for people, I guess. Yeah, it's disgusting. It it's is it, disgusting. It, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We went to Costa Movie last year for the for the podcast and it was fun yeah but after four days i'm like we went to the um went to the place where they have all the sex bars and they just got all these little bars and it's just yeah you just go and sit there and basically yeah just have girls there waiting to come through and i didn't even go there i didn't even see them in action i just went there during the day and it's got like australia bar like the down under bar or something like that it's a big boomerang right next to a mcdonald's and like this is the worst, and then like people a, are handing out those fucking uh, those balloons. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Have those in every third street. Oh, what are man. those called? Whippets, not whippets. Nitrous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's party central, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. would get so look. So I finished that full moon party, and the next day we came in, and they're fucking discoing. You know, like just DJ yeah. music on the. And I'm like, guys, 
aren't we just done with this? But it's every night for, it reminds me of the Simpsons when, when they went to this, uh, I guess crusty land, but they're like, every day is new year's here. And it was just yeah. new year's Eve night. And then all this thing like old Lang Syne yeah, and everything yeah. like that. And then people work there like, kill me. Yeah. Kill me. <laughs> it's like, it's not special for them at all. The, um, yeah, the, the funniest thing is, is I say all this stuff yeah. yet. I was fucking off my face riding these go-karts because in Australia, you know, go-karts are quite – everything's scrutinized in Australia or everything's, you know, quite le- – there's a lot of legislation here. So if you hop on a go-kart, it's going to go quite slow. And in Thailand, they're like, be as drunk as you want. Fucking go for it. Yeah, oh, 80 it's k's an hour. You know, and they're like, no bumping. And that's the first thing you do. Like, <laughs> I'm a rich white guy. I can do what I want. I'll buy fucking all these go-karts. You just say, oh, man, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's totally hypocritical. The power you feel with when your money gets you so much. Oh, incredible. Man, it changes you instantly. I can't imagine having like actual power, like being one of Saddam Hussein's kids kind of power. Oh, man. Have you, have you seen that movie that with the devils? About his kids? Yeah, about his kid. Uh-uh. Oh, man. Oh, they found, they found, I know stuff about them. Like they wait till you got married. They're like, hey, before you, just, before you consummate this, I'm going to rape your wife real quick. Yeah. Now you can have her back. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think he did that and he threw, threw her off a building or something like really? that. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just for getting married without, without telling them first or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. Oh, my God. But that it, it, level. It, there's a. It, was it, it, the, the Devil's Double is the movie. And it's about a guy that Saddam Hussein's son went to school with. And he looked a bit like him. So he got him to be his double because people people obviously trying to kill him and assassinate him. Yeah. Yeah. So just walking around trying not to take bullets? Yeah, yeah, exactly it. Damn. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he basically gave him no choice. And he's like, yeah, so he just had to be this disgusting human being. <laughs> and he had to live like it too? Yeah. Oh, I got to see that. What is that, Netflix? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, it's, I think it's called The Devil's Double. Man, but it's horrific to watch. Like... All the bad shit he did. I can't. When it's like that level of like depravity, I, I get this weird like. Oh. Like, uh, like I said, it's, it's worse than like, you know, fingernails on a chalkboard. But like it's that level times 20. Oh, man. You know, yeah. it's like. Uh, uh. I, yeah. I, but yeah, going to a country where it's so cheap, it's just incredible. I like just I remember if yeah, first got to like Argentina or, you know. Is it cheap there? Yeah, oh, it used to be. It's not as cheap now, but it used to be. And I just lived like a king. I think it was $250 a week was my budget. Really? And I was just... Uh, yeah, that's what people do, 1000 a month. That's like a basic backpacker's fucking... I can get by on 250 Yeah, Man, yeah, exactly. But I was... They'd sit a barbecue on your table, you know, and you'd, you'd have lunch. Like, I had breakfast, lunch, dinner in a restaurant. Like, I've never lived like that before. It was so weird also because when you got to Peru and Bolivia... A lot of people were smoking weed in restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Or, or like, I remember once a really uh, in in Peru, like in the backpacker kind of places, not normal, you know, proven restaurant or whatever. I remember it was weird when I got back to Australia that I hadn't seen someone because I've been to Thailand as well, and I remember we just had this waiter who would bring us anything at the rest at the resort. So we just lie on those, you know, those rectangular beds. Sorry, not rectangular, those triangular kind of pyramid beds that they have oh, in Oh, yeah, Thailand. they set up. They're so yeah, they good. Keep, like unfolding or oh, fold back man. up so like you can like lean up. 
I gotta buy one. Those I gotta, pillow things. Oh, they're the best. They're so good. And oh yeah, I remember you used to sit on one of them, and the guy would bring out anything. He's like mushroom shake. Yep, weed. Yep. <laughs> and this is after I come from Peru or whatever they did. The Delivered to your yeah. table. Yeah, man, delivered to your table. And I remember I got the tab, and I was like closing my eyes. At, you know, I'd been there for like three weeks, yeah. just lying on these fucking things, doing whatever I wanted. And I got the tab, and I was like you know, looking at it through squinting eyes and it wasn't near as much as what I thought it was going to be. three-week tab? So, yeah, yeah. So I gave him like a hundred bucks tip or something like that, 200 bucks tip. Made his fucking year. Man, yeah, it was like the best, you know. But yeah, I remember when I got back to Australia, it was weird for me to be in a restaurant where people weren't smoking or where someone hadn't, you know, pulled out a bong or whatever, you know, I was, just thought that was going to happen. <laughs> God damn, that was fun. I forgot about that. You leave a little tip in somebody's jar if they're playing music and they're pretty good. Yeah. You yeah. leave them like, I don't know, like a $4 tip and they're just yeah. like, they stop playing and they're like, oh my God, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That that equivalent in whatever chat. Yeah. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah, you get these massages that were like on the beach. Yeah. And like you'd look up and you'd see like, you know, 20 meters to the ocean. Yeah. And, and you're just like, you put your head back down and you're just like, yeah, you know, $7, $8. And you're like, dude. Man, so good. Yeah. It's it like, yeah, a good life. I don't know. In, in Melbourne. I, I could get lost there. Yeah, man. Oh. In Melbourne, it's so good because in, you know, you have like your kind of middle class restaurants are so good. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're like, kind of affordable so you you don't i've never wanted to go to like a a fancy restaurant in melbourne uh-huh. like it's just because you go oh yeah this is cool soup place where it's like 12 dollars for a big soup thing and you're like oh well i'll just go there for my night out like yeah new york you know, has that enough yeah. like affordable like yeah. amazing spots yeah that you're yeah. like you could go to a nice restaurant but like almost why yeah <laughs> Um, and so do, do you live in New York now, man? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah, crazy. I left LA. I was like fucking, I just got bored with it. Yeah. And then I was like. Do you live on the outside of it or in the middle? In the middle, in the East Village. Yeah, right. Manhattan. Man. And is that, is that just, like, I heard it's like so expensive for rent there and it's, stuff. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, rent right. Rent is fucked. Yeah. But like, it's, I don't know how everybody gets by, but it's just like you get roommates or you figure it out or you live like in Bushwick or like further away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I moved there. I wanted to move there for so long, but yeah. my dream was like, it's like I can't afford this. You know, I was poor yeah. for so long. But then I was like, if I, my dream was like, if I got some like sitcom that like shot in New York, yeah, a yeah. writing job or something where I'm yeah. like, I was making actual money and I could yeah, afford yeah. to, and it yeah. never happened. And then I was just doing well enough in stand up that I was like, I think I can afford this now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Just like without, yeah. I remember like uh, Mark Maron interviewing uh, Louisa Dreyfus. Uh-huh, uh, Louis yeah, Louise yeah, Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah, and um, they were talking about she's like how she owned a flat somewhere around New York, somewhere like off East Village or something like that. She's like, "Boy, would I like to have that now? That how would be money? worth so much money." And I'm like, "Both of you have a <laughs> so lot of money. Much money. Like, yeah. it, <laughs> like it's just thinking like that must be the most expensive apartment ever." Like, <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I think some people just like never get totally happy with their money. Yeah, I think yeah. most people do. Yeah. And they're never just like, ah, I don't have got plenty. It's fine. I, yeah. I don't think about. But yeah, there's always that down that downward pressure of stress on you a little about money. Like because now I'm I'm getting by 
Like my, my dad always told me, you, you should try and have your own business. And that's kind of what I got now, you know, doing stand-up mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, you and are I'm the business. eating well and I'm having fun and whatever, but there's that downwards pressure now of like, oh, you can't rent your whole life. You've got to buy a place. Fuck that. Or you've you got to have a car. Or, I you know. know you fuck got, all that. You, you, Why? You, downward pressure. Those is. people tell you to live your life so that you'll have a better 65 to 75. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll have a way shittier 25 to 55. <laughs> yeah, that's a good It's just so dumb. It's just like all the good years. You want me, I'll fuck it. Then I'll be a greeter at Walmart when I'm older. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I'll still get by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather have money in the bank, freedom to do shit, than yeah. fucking... All my friends, they just go into business with these banks. Like, yeah. I gotta, I have money. I guess I gotta put an addition on my house and yeah, yeah. And, and borrow a bunch so I can like yeah. do it. And it's like, well, just fucking leave it. I think my dream is to, uh, you know, have a place out in the country, like a real cheap place. Me too. And then, um, yeah, just All rent that. the city. You could always just go there. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, if yeah. Never came the apocalypse or fucking revolution. Oh, it's so cheap when my my parents live. I think we looked at a place for like 120 grand or something, or, you know, 180 grand, and that's like. I think the 180 grand one had two bathrooms. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can get shit all rent for them, but you know, yeah. it'd be so good. My dream is to get like like a thousand acres somewhere like alone where you got to yeah. take a dirt road to get there. Oh man, you yeah. Know? Yeah. I'll, I just need a generator and a fucking, or solar power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And just put like a fucking yurt in there or something and build from there every year. Man, that would that would be incredible. That's That's been my dream as well. There's like a... Of uh, some people that work for my mum and dad, and yeah, she just worked in a. She was just a receptionist on the Gold Coast, and her husband said, "Look, let's give it a try." He goes, "I've got this shit kind of hut in the middle of nowhere. Let's go out there. We'll get some farm jobs. Yeah, we'll live off you know solar power, and they love it. They do. Yeah, yeah. Brew their own beer. Oh, uh, sweet. They built like this mad wood fired pizza oven, and I'm like." This is the life. Cool. You know, like that's so jealous of that. Yeah. You know, like stand-up's good. Like I love it. Like it's a crazy life. But you've just got to be amongst everything. You, you can't not leave the city. You know, I hope it gets better where you can just do stand-up on YouTube or whatever and just send it to <laughs> subscribers or something. <laughs> yeah, just do it from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good thing about podcasts actually is you can kind of, you know. If I ever leave the grid again, if I ever just fucking get the fuck off. Yeah. But like forever, you know. When when you left the grid, man, you, did, you didn't do any shows in that time, did you? Mm-mm. I went to one show. Yeah. Just to see it. Yeah. In uh, Phnom Penh or CM Reap, I forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was it. And when you went off the grid, when you got back, when you started doing stand up again, did it? Were you better? You thought, or worse, or did um, you feel refreshed? It was surprisingly like like so I I recorded my special and yeah. then I left about two months later yeah and so what I do is like once I record a special I'm just I really make myself just be done with that material yeah yeah good just like yeah, don't yeah. do it yeah. unless it's like a specific like you're trying to get to this club you just recorded a special two yeah, days ago yeah, you're trying yeah. to get in this club it's like oh showcase for me I'm like I'm yeah. not gonna do all new stuff because I'm like yeah I need yeah. to get in here yeah you know? yeah yeah. But other than those specific situations, even if it's like some girls I want to fuck, like, no, yeah. no old material. Don't do it. Yeah. So I had like a couple months of like, of, of just working out new stuff. And then I left and then just stopped thinking about stand up within like, I mean, not long. Yeah. I cool. wasn't thinking of any jokes. I would only think of stand up in, in like theory and that's it. Yeah. You know, of like 
how to get into stuff like jokes and like what I want from like a crowd or things like that. But never like, I wasn't even thinking about like writing stuff out. So then I got back, I went to Nashville and I went up and like, whose show? Nate Bargatze's show. And I, mm. he was like, do whatever you want. I did like 12 to 15, one, one thing that I thought of from, from yeah. there. And then the rest just like stuff I'd had. Yeah. And then I was like, I guess I'm out of material, but it really wasn't that bad. Oh, man, it yeah, really yeah. wasn't that yeah. rusty. I just couldn't couldn't think on the fly at yeah, all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nate Bogatti, man, he's sick. He's great. He's incredible. Yeah, he's great. He's, he's, he's got such a comic. weird style. He's one of those guys who talks a little bit out of the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but yeah, it's really that's cool. How he talks though. Yeah, <laughs> he's fun to get drunk with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He, he's it's weird because he's also kind of. Like his first, he, he's got jokes now, but like they're, they're jokes. Yeah. But no one else could do those. Like no one else could say those stories that he says. Yeah, he has a specific cadence yeah, that he yeah, knows how to feed it into. It, it's it's so good. They're they're my favorite stand ups. Yeah. You know those. Yeah, you just like no one else could tell this story mm-hmm. as you know. Um, it was like your story shitting yourself on the Harbour Bridge. Yeah. Like the 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 line you walk between it being just a bad shit story. Like a, if, if, you, yeah. if you open it up with, here's a diarrhea story that I'm going to tell in a funny way, people will be like, oh, okay, we've heard about a thousand of these before. <laughs> yeah. but you just got to make it real and specific. Yeah, and it, yeah, like yeah. here are the details that happened to me. Yeah. And yeah. so then it's like, it's almost like I like the crowd to relate on their own. Yeah. But not just like, you know how it is, men, when men want to shit. So like, yeah. no, nah, like, don't force feed it to them. Just be like, here's what I went through. And then people can just be like, oh, man, I've been there. <laughs> you know? Oh, man, that's that's my favorite uh, saying in stand-up, Stuart Lee, and he says, uh, there's no such thing as a hack topic, just hack perspective. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. I, I hated fart jokes or whatever, and then one time I was like, no, I'm going to write a good fart joke. There you go. See how it goes. Yeah. And it went good. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was fun. How was it for you getting back when you got back from those places? Man, it was uh, – I really appreciated Australia. You for did? For those who haven't been to Australia, it's uh, – everything's laid out for you. Like, everything's... What do you mean? Like, the public toilets are great. Everything's clean. Dude, that toilet on, on Mushroom Mountain, on no. Kofunyang, yeah. is horrific. Yeah. <laughs> Those bathrooms are, are, are so bad. Man, one time I was in a nightclub in Thailand. Yeah. And he went up to the top, and, uh, and there was just a big trough. But it wasn't like it was like a feeding trough that animals uh-huh. eat out of, and I was going to shit myself like so badly. <laughs> and this nightclub was packed; like there were so many people going in and out of that toilet. And I went to go to the toilet, and honestly, it looked like it was from a movie set. Like there was just wood boards jammed into it. There was I was like, I can't shit in here. So I think God spoke to me or something, man, or. I realized there could be a God out there because I ran to the trough and just hung my ass over the side of it, like pull my the pants The pisser down. trough? The pisser trough. Oh. Like it was like a big, deep kind of – and I just shat into the trough, like <laughs> exploding <laughs> diarrhea. And I reckon it was for like 30 seconds or something like that. Not one person walked in. Oh, that is In a God. crowded nightclub. I was like, God is real. Like, <laughs> God is real. 
<laughs> Did you wipe? Were you able to wipe? I don't think so. No, I think I walked in the ocean after that. Oh, I was just yeah. wearing board shorts like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, swimmers. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah. God, I love those shits you got to take out there it's in Asia where you're just like, it's happening. Yeah. It, this it's, is happening. Yeah. So let's make this as least bad as possible. Okay, can we find anywhere a bush? All right, yeah. there's a sort of toilet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, we'll do the sort of toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it was yeah uh that was the first thing i noticed coming back here the first thing well the first thing i noticed was was i landed and then i was taking public yeah. transportation back towards my parents house and i was like the public transportation here is just so much nicer yeah 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 it's like more of a commute thing but then the first thing i noticed about day-to-day life was the toilet paper it was just fucking heavenly yeah yeah yep yeah, yeah yeah whenever i mean when i was in south america or asian country or whatever you'd get together people are still and they're like who has taken a solid shit like i think when i was in that sentence in south america for nine months yeah it was so crazy to to get to when i, I think i got to spain yeah and i did like the first solid shit log like done. a real log yeah for the first time yeah what is those fucking soft serve <laughs> ice cream shits where it's like <laughs> it's like there but not together well so you guys probably got this in the states we don't have really in australia but the because every other country is so old, all the plumbing is fucked. So if you want to have a hot shower, there's usually like a generator thing at the top. Oh yeah, they got whatever. that in England. Yeah, yeah, in England. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to hit the hot water. Yeah, thing you never really get a hot shower. I came back to Australia and I'm like, man, no, here you, really you can don't. get a hot shower. Like you can get a. Yeah, that was great too. It was also like just. You, you, it made me realize, like after I came back, like I didn't, I didn't want to be a tradesman or a plumber or something like that. But after I got back, I was just so grateful to be in Australia. I was like, I can just get a normal job and be happy for the rest of my life. But then I did, and I was not happy. <laughs> I wasn't happy, you know. But I, I think, I think also, uh, the thing I liked about South America the best was, and it, it's Melbourne's a little bit like that as well. That's why I like it probably better than Sydney. Um, no, no cities are better, but I, I like Melbourne better because I think friends and family are first and then work. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It's a bit less. It seems like the Australians really take care to like, to like, uh, well, like the way you guys do holiday. Yeah. At least compared to America. I mean, I think we might be the worst ones actually. The yeah. Two weeks yeah. vacation. That's it. I mean, all yeah. through Europe, you get way more, but then it's like, it's like, go see something, come right back where it's like, it's about work, work, work. Yeah. And yeah, in other places, they have family and friends and just like living your life for fun seems way more important. Yeah, I remember I went out with this girl in Argentina and like we were, you know, and I was like, uh, you know, in Argentina back then it was really hard to buy like electronics or a car was very, very expensive. Yeah. So like food was cheap and things like that, but yeah, objects in general were very, very, yeah, um, very expensive and i thought you know if i brought this girl back to australia uh i could give her everything i'd give her a car a house she'd have everything she wanted but i realized she'd still be sad because even though australia is a friendly country compared to south america or argentina it's fucking emotionless (laughs) you know it's soulless really yeah i I think like there every sunday no matter what the family got together you know, and if someone told you to work, they go, nah, it's family time on a Sunday. You know, or, you know, like Buenos Aires, one of the biggest cities, like, was totally deserted on a Sunday. 
and during Christmas holidays. Why? Everyone People just went to the beach. Yeah, and it was, it was work came second, friends and family first. And I realized, oh, my God, material objects mean nothing. When I got, so I was happy to get back. But also, like, I remember uh, I visited my, my grandparents and they took me to a shopping center. And I, I basically had a mental breakdown in this wow. shopping center because just all these people, you know, food courts, you know, big chain stores, not one person looked happy. People were wandering around. So wandering. You, you can like you can see when you come back, like the face of capitalism. Oh man, it's it, it, I, I, it's like you, they just seem like ants on moving, like yeah, the yeah. cogs. Like, all right, your job yeah. is to do this and, and to build the hive, and yeah. your job is to serve the soft serve, and your job is to fucking sweep, and then your job is yeah. to buy, and then your job is to fucking work the parking lot so these people can come in and purchase. Oh things. man. It was so weird because th- this was people's weekends where they would go to the shopping center to yeah. buy shit. Like I remember when I worked in a, a retail store, you know, around five o'clock or whatever, like uh, before you're about to close, people would scurry in because they hadn't bought anything that day. So that, they had to buy something. Yeah. I remember I tried to make it into a stand-up bit once. One of the most depressing things I've ever seen was a girl looked at these mugs in a shop with a husband yeah and she turned to him she grabbed one of these mugs had top gear or something written on it and she said uh i think you mentioned that you needed a new mug for work right <laughs> and i was like i mean it's not that bad but no i know exactly really spoke to me i was like they're just looking she, for an excuse to be purchasers yeah yeah and the fact that she'd remembered that it's like no you don't you don't like you you shouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> you shouldn't remember that he needed a new mug for work. Like a new mug. <laughs> you're not supposed to ever buy mugs. It's yeah. supposed to just come into your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're just walking past and you see one for like, you know, five cents. And you're like, yeah, yeah like, I'll okay, get cool. That. I'll, yeah, get, I'll yeah, use yeah. that for a little bit. I think I need a new mug at work. Like that's the way it should go. <laughs> yeah. Like you shouldn't tell your wife about it and then she remember. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's the, yeah, that was, that was awful. Yeah, that was that was that was. Yeah, really you're hard. right. I mean, I don't think I was ever as happy as as when I was just like being out there. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm really. I, I think I think the happier you are, the less you care about small things. Like that's that's what I love about my my parents. They're so amazing because they live out on a on a farm. They you know, mum grows her own vegetables. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the power goes out. They've got to drive an hour to see anybody really. So when I take them to a – sometimes I work in a cafe and I see people there and you can tell there's not much going on in their lives, just how fussy they are with their coffee. Can I get like two shots? Can I get a little bit of cold milk in the top? Whatever. And you're like, your life is fucked. So this is what's happened. Like this is honestly what's happened. You know, like can you I get – got to put your attention on something I guess. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I take my parents to a cafe and they're just like, yeah, just coffee, whatever. They got other shit on their mind. Like yeah. they don't. They don't give a fuck. They're like, yeah. you make it for me. I'll yeah, drink it. Yeah, and sit yeah, here and yeah. To this music. This is yeah, great. Coffee's coffee, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Is it? <laughs> like you, you know. As, as yeah, it's great when you just go. You go to like. <laughs> I remember going to like the hutongs in, in Beijing. These little yeah. like fucking. Ever been there? No. Oh, no. 
that these weird alleyways set up with like just like huts in lines yeah. that have just formed streets. Yeah. And then we walk through there. It's not like parallel, so you're like, oh, cut this way and go back, and all of a sudden you're out in another like yeah. whole neighborhood. But like walking by this bar. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll go in, and then having a, a beer, but it's just like. There's not that like, what kind of beer do you want? Like, do you have an amber? Or do you have, let me taste yeah. that. Let me try. It was just like, no, just give me a beer. I'm I'm enjoying yeah. being in this in yeah. this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just yeah. sip on a beer. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Just a beer, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You get fucking upset if they don't have the right kind. It's like, oh, this is too hoppy, and it's like, fucking, just sit and enjoy the moment, bro. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but it's so weird how I, I like I look at my smartphone every day. You know, I'm I'm addicted to. Yeah. social media like yeah, I'm trying love. to get off and uh, you know there's just some things I know I'd be happier if I got rid of it but that's the thing I know I'd be happier yeah and I got you know were, like, you, were you on it in Thailand no no was no. that before social media really took yeah, off yeah it was kind of before social media took off uh, but when I went to Thailand last year I, I, I made a habit like now now I don't pull out my phone during conversation you don't no I like that's good. How do you do it? I'll just leave it behind, you know, and I'll wait. Sometimes I'll like go to the toilet or whatever. Yeah. But I'll wait till the conversation's finished. Smart. Because I heard that the smartphones are limiting our intelligence because what we're doing is when you pull out your phone, it's interrupting your train of thought all the time. So we never have a really a long train of thought. So lately I've been trying to give myself give give myself a long train of thought. I read this book about it was about introversion, but they were talking about the section of it was about um, uh, multitasking yeah, and how the studies they've done on it show that it's really just not possible because instead uh, of like being able to do two things at once, yeah. what happens is your brain has to like real quick over and over again, let's say the task A and task B, like you're on task A and you can't just like do a little task B while task A is uploading. Yeah, You have to like decompress from A, recompress into B, yeah. get your brain working on B and then when you go back to A, you got to decompress on B you know, your oh, brain has whoa. to like stop and then restart. Um, so when you're on your phone like that, you can't just like get lost into a conversation. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's what I like about this. You know, you just, I'd put my phone in the other room. You have a decent conversation with someone. You, you learn some things, you know? Oh, it's, man. It's a fucking virus. Dude, I can't find my comedy notebook. I have no idea where it is. I'm going to have to look for it later. Yeah. Do you ever lose them and then get bothered to hell? Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been writing them down on my phone, but I think I'm going to go start writing them down with a pen because I just find it more uh, tactile. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems to have feeling in it or something. When you I can get through them too before I go on stage, so I'll just do this. Yeah, oh, here's one, but it's not my right one. Um, so then instead of like going through my phone to look at notes because they're all yeah. on one program, so you have to yeah. like keep. So instead, just like the physically like leafing through, like which one should I do? Like, oh, that was a good bit. Maybe I'll try that one. And just yeah. like seeing them, just like this. And then, like, be able to cross them off. Plus, then people, when I'm writing something down, if I get an idea, yeah, I people, I don't think people think I'm ignoring them as much as if I was writing in my phone. Yeah, because that to them looks like texting or something. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. My friend, um, my friend saw you the other night, man, and she said that someone threw uh, weed muffins oh, on yeah. stage, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, I shouldn't eat these. And then you ate it by the time it was finished anyway. Yeah. Uh, I was like, no. They're like, eat it. I'm like, I'm not going to eat it. Like, eat it. I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, I'll eat it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, you fooled me. Um, uh, so, man, this, this tour that you're doing now, yeah. did you write a one-hour show, like a, like a kind of a festival show? Yeah, first time yeah. I'm trying that. Yeah, great. So I, 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 my plan was to go to it. Edinburgh. This one was kind of like extra for me. 
Yeah. Edinburgh was always like on my Yeah. On my like to do list. And then I did it once. I just did my storytelling show there. And then I was like, okay, the plan is go yeah. back and do like an American style hour. Yeah. Yeah. To show them like what stand up really is. Good. It's yeah. Not these fucking themes for twenty minutes of serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had like a little theme, but mostly just in my head kind of theme. Like not yeah. really where it's like beat you over the head with it. Yeah. And then to come back the next time and then do like one of their style hours. But okay. with with the American inf- like yeah, I can do yeah, this in yeah. clubs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I, I I like to road test everything in a club. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, if you can make it work in a club, the stories too. If yeah. I can do my story in a club after somebody's doing like joke, 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 and then me doing this long story, if I can make it work where they're not like, why is this so fucking slow? Yeah. Then it's like, oh, now it's it's fine. I can do this on TV or whatever because it's like as funny as stand up, but it's a story. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. I I and I find that you got to put limitations on yourself. What do you mean? If if you go like, there's just a long gate back. Elongated bit in my show, I wanted to talk about exposure, and I go on this real weird tangent about exposure. Yeah, sh- you know how people try to pay you an exposure in the arts. Oh, yeah. And they're just like, oh, not, not much money, but you get paid an exposure. You know, probably what you got with Netflix. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> they probably underpaid you. <laughs> it wasn't much like, that you'll could see, have gone. You'll see like fifty million people will see it. And you're like, yeah, but you know, it'd be good to get some money <laughs> yeah. as well. When is that ever going to turn gonna, around though into <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, making cash? Like it's great exposure. Um, and yeah, so uh, I did that, but I it was really hard for me to try and do it in a club because it's like an eight minute bit. Yeah. And the few times that it worked, I was like, yes, I'm onto something. But there was a lot of times where it didn't work. Yeah, but those times where it doesn't work, it'll just help you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if you don't have those limitations, if you go, look, I'm just going to do it in the one hour show. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, you're just kind of cheating. You're cheating. Yeah. Those, those, my biggest problem with those, those UK hours. And I mean, I guess they have that here. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll call yeah. them UK hours. I don't know. Yeah, where yeah. No, no, no. It's a UK in, hour. Yeah. I, I wrote, yeah. Um, is that they they do that in ex, at the expense of funny? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't mind you having a theme. It, it's almost the yeah. same as like, I don't know. If, I mean, I'm sure you do have it actually. Yeah. I know you do in Melbourne where it's like these comics are they're they're woke past the point where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, it's always they're on Twitter going like, this is a problem. How come we don't have this? And, you know, healthcare, we need this. But it's like, yeah. where are your jokes, man? Yeah. You're a comedian. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't write about this injustice. And I'm like, no, write about it. But funny. You're yeah. a funny person. Yeah, yeah. Do it funny. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I find my favorite comedians yeah. are clever, but also never let go of stupidity. You've yeah. always got to have a bit of stupidity in there. Like that. Well, that that's my favourites anyway. I think I think the ones that took themselves too seriously. I don't know. Yes. Just, just gotta have a real. Oh yeah, found a little I was, notebook. I was getting uh, such a little worried. notebook. Yeah, I know, but I was getting real fucking worried about it. Oh yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's got all my fucking notes in there. I get so fucking. So when you do this new hour, man. Yeah. And you just touring, you touring it so around. So I toured in America. I built it in. I took a year off for the first time. Yeah. Twenty eighteen, no touring. Yeah, right, yeah. But just doing spots. I mean, like, I started in L.A., same thing, like, in town, you know? Yeah. So, same thing, like, you know, 15 spots a week, um, stuff Fuck, like that. that's crazy. Oh, yeah, you can get stage time in New York. Man, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Because I, I, I used to, as I, as I was saying at the start of this, I, I would get really bored of bits and stuff. Uh-huh. But this year, I decided to finesse things. And I realized that when I got bored of a bit, I thought, well, I was new and exciting, and the material just got worse and worse. Like I just got less 
I don't know what what's happened. I used to hit my head against the walls. Then I realized the material was never good enough. Right. Lately, if I write what I'm feeling, I'll live it every time. I'll yeah. live that bit every time, and I, and I'll make it funny every time. Like not every time, but most times. Yeah. Some bits. Sometimes you just walk in the motion, and you don't know why. But I, I've only just started writing material after ten years that I actually actually can write a whole hour that I feel good about that, well, somebody I, that told I'm, me this I'm once, living I can like, live it yeah where it's like you, you're stuck because you're growing as a performer and, yeah. and as a writer yeah. and then you write something and then two years pass and now you're a better performer yeah. and writer than you were when you wrote that yeah. so then you're like you're stuck writing a, an amateur's it's it's almost like you know up to okay you know how when you make something like yeah. you, you exaggerate and so you can show it so, like, let's say you're a, a world-class poet. Yeah. But you wrote something in fourth grade. Yeah. yeah. Like, that wasn't good. Yeah, if you're yeah. still doing that at your poetry yeah, reads. People yeah. are like, this one isn't a good one. You're like, no, I wasn't a good poet then. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm a poet laureate, you know? Yeah. I'm the best in the world. But back then I wasn't. So, like, there's small examples of that. Like, at five years in, now you're seven years in, you're doing your five-year-in material. You're like, yeah, I couldn't do the bits. Um, yeah. And that, so and- then you write new stuff. Like, now that you're way better, it's like... Yeah, and I like finessing it now. Yeah. I never liked finessing it before. And f- to hear you talk about doing 15 spots a week or whatever, that's, that's ultimate finessing. And so what I got with Burr told me when I got there, he was like, dude, if you use these spots right, you'll fucking, you'll see. And I didn't know what yeah. it meant by right until yeah. when I do like four or five sets in a night and I do the same bit yeah. four or five times. So after like once, twice, like, okay, it's fun. And then by the third time, it's like, well, I'm kind of bored. Yeah. Yeah. So what I could do is do different sets in different in this you know in a night different yeah. places, but if I just do the same one, I do fine, fine, and then I'm bored and it doesn't go as well. And then the fourth set, let's say out of five, and the fourth set is yeah. like, I'll like try to entertain myself. Ah, uh, okay, yep, yep, yep. So if instead of just like you know I was playing a guitar in this in this club in Thailand, and I was like <laughs> I was playing this. Guitar. By the way, I don't really know how to play guitar. Like you add little things yeah. because just to entertain yourself. Yeah. And then it starts to blossom and grow. Oh, wow. Because wow, you force yourself cool. into a shitty situation mentally. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing with those stories in like a, in like a, a comedy club where yeah. it's like it's too dead. And then you're like, well, I don't want to bomb like that again. Yeah. So you just like punch up the story. No, I mean, because like that's, that's the coolest thing watching, watching you do your stuff, doing it, watching a, a couple of sets in a straight. Like we did that Thursday night show together. And it's a suburban Melbourne crowd. Like a lot of those people come from the burbs or whatever, yeah. or they're after work people seeing comedy on a Thursday night. And then you do 10 minutes on Jewish history. Yeah, yeah. And you can tell you finessed it because, man, that could have gone so wrong. Yeah, well, like, that's what I was, I was going to do. Like, well, this is my hour. So like, let me try some bits. Like, some, yeah, yeah. I have some other bits that aren't part of that hour. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I'm, I could do. But I was like, no, no, no. I want to show these people aren't going to come see my hour. Yeah. So I'm like, let me see how this works for fucking those. I was a 25 year old audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, let me see how it works for these people. Man, it was it was so good, you know, because like, it didn't fly as hard the second night. At, I mean, the first night at Crab Lab when I first saw you. Uh-huh. Um, but your commitment to it, and the people that would have liked you, they're your fans for life. Well, yeah. You know, like yeah. you know what I mean. And then on the Thursday night. What was the Thursday night show? That was the that was the one upstairs. Um, oh, what was Crab Lab then? Crab Lab. Crab was Lab the first was, time I saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did the Thursday night one where you followed Cole Canane. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I was really eager because I saw 
Oh, the first night was was where that where that uh, the cheesesteak place was. No, no, no I didn't no, do that no, with them. Yeah, okay, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. The cheesesteak place was what? What's the place? I, did, I didn't see you at. Oh, that's catfish. That's on Gertrude. Okay, catfish. Yeah, yeah. And then Crab Lab was yeah. upstairs where the Commerce Corner was like going to the left. That's where I saw you. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then what was the next place on Thursday? Uh, the Thursday night was um, uh, European Beer Cafe up the top. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. That and then you fun. you really killed yeah, hard yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was cool because you followed Kyle Kinane and he really opened it up. He really like, did open it up. Kyle yeah. had a great set. And I was like – and his stuff's very relatable. And then I was like – I was eager to see if you were going to do the same set you did Crab Lab. Yeah. You know, in Jewish history. And you did. And you fucking killed it. Yeah. And I think it was cool because I think a lot of people don't know about Jewish history that much. But you give – those little nuances. Yeah, I'm that trying make to make it people, relatable enough yeah, yeah, to where yeah. it's like, if you don't, that's why I love going to places that yeah. have no Jews. I, yeah, I yeah. built it in New York where I'm like, where I'm like, okay, so there's a Jewish holiday. Yeah. People in New York have heard of it. Yeah. You know, if it's coming or if it's on like Passover or like Hanukkah, yeah. it's in everybody's mind because there's like, it's 30% Jewish. Yeah. You know? So like they all know about it. So I have like a week and a half if yeah. it's an eight-day holiday, I have like seven days before and then like the the eight days yeah. that it's on to like do bits about it before people like, are, it's out of our heads now. Yeah. But if yeah. I can get in that time, if I can get strong enough where I can continue later, yep. then I'm like golden. Oh, man. That's you know? great. Yeah. But like then you take it to places where there's no Jews and I'm like, I got to make it work for these people in yep. Georgia and Perth and fucking nowhere yep. Yep. where there's none of them. Man, that's incredible. Yeah. No, it was cool. I, that's, the, that's the next step. To, to make things that people shouldn't know about. At all. Yeah. But yeah. also make it funny. Like, yeah. like too many guys, those UK people would just be all exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, come on, man. Yeah. You know? Entertain me. Yeah, yeah. And, and not be afraid to, you know, do those little tangents that yeah. make it wacky and, and fucked. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, man. No, that's cool. It is fun when you see people like, what? And then you have to be like, okay, okay, hold on. Let me back. Let me explain some more stuff to you. It's like, how much do you guys even know? It's like, you just really enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That you saw both of those. Yeah. You got loser too. And you, it's not, I lose confidence too. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, nobody's going to get this. Oh, man, and then yeah. after you do like, no, no, I'm good. Well, the other night I did, I was, I've got a lot of short bits right up the front. Like I did this latest show is about all these, um, online courses. I did, I yeah. did a heap of free online courses. Oh really? And that's cool. Uh, I start off with a lot of punchy bits at the start. You know, tales from stand up, talking about my dad, very quick, like bang, 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 and then I kind of go into this weird, uh, weird tangent story about this group of nuns and they're shooting firecrackers out of their bums and things. The whole thing takes about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and um, the other night I was doing it and it was really rowdy. Uh, very rowdy and I'm trying to hit him as fast as I can get him on side yeah and I'm like this is going to be a nightmare and I was like oh my god when it comes up to this nuns bit I'm going to lose him entirely <laughs> you could feel it coming oh man and then I got there and that was the bit that turned him around they turned were into out, it turned out they didn't want the neediness of like the, the yeah the quick quick fire yelling they didn't want that at all. they were there to you and then I realized at that moment I was like oh Hang on, these people are actually here to see me. Yeah, like they're oh, here. Right. They've obviously seen me at other shows. They, this is what they wanted. They, you know, they wanted quick fire stand up or whatever. You know, it's still laughing. Yeah, but this is what they really want. 
they want to see something a bit different or what I've provided them in the past. Yeah. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Standard. Changes once the audience is like there to see you, Yep. then it becomes different. So I think that's what a lot of comics go wrong. They only perform in those rooms. Yep. Yeah. And then yep. you're like, well now you need to, yeah, you need to prepare it where nobody knows you and then like show it when they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's crazy. Oh, well that, that's good, man. It's good. You've had a good, yeah. Oh, you still got more dates. Don't you do? Go yeah, down. I'm going to Adelaide today, and then and then uh, Adelaide's good. It's what? a loose city. What LA? Uh, Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide, really? Yeah, yeah it's real loose? loose. It's real. It's like uh, Melbourne, but real a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's set out really well. It's like a grid city, but it's really small. And there's people have this touch of crazy. Yeah, like people are full on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Mad Max style. Yeah, yeah, unique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of stoners in Adelaide. Like, there's a lot of, and people are so friendly there. You can just sit at a bar. People come up and say hi. Damn. Yeah, man. That's what I miss about traveling too. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. Everyone just being like, there's not even a pretense of it. Yeah. You just like get a beer and you're sitting down. It's like, hey, how you doing? You just sit near them where it's like, whatever. I wouldn't even think twice about sitting next to you and trying to talk to you. Oh man, yeah, it's, yeah. That's and what here I- it's like. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, excuse me? Yeah. What, you know? <laughs> oh, man, it sucks. Yeah, that's what I liked about the whole system in uh, in South America as well. I they do it in... What? They, they might do it in other countries as well. The whole long neck beer, like you get a big tall beer. Tall ones? There's 20 ounces. Yeah, you get oh. a tall beer and four glasses, sit at a table by yourself, and then three people will appear. <laughs> like that's the whole thing. And then you just like, pour them some beer? Yeah, you just don't you don't have a bar there, you just have a, a bench and then tables. Like yeah. you sit at a table <laughs> and then people have to sit with you and you socialise. Like in Chile the people are so friendly, you'd go you'd be at a table by yourself and they'd look over at you and like puzzled, like, Why are you sitting by yourself? This is a sin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's weird? It's like it takes a little bit of time to like enter into that yeah, yeah, like lifestyle. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And that's what that social media shit and the phone does to you. It doesn't let you like get bored enough to where you're like, well, let me look around and see who can entertain me. Man, oh, yeah. there's people yeah. here. Yeah. I do this thing where it's like, where it's like, here, use this message. This is your phone. And yeah. then like we'll be talking just like this at a table and a few people and then like yeah. start looking at it. And I'm just, as I'm talking, I'll just like go to my friends and I'll just like be like, just like. Put your hand over the phone. Yeah. And, but not even look at them. Just continue to look at my friend. I'm talking yeah, to them. It's yeah. like, I see what you're doing. You're leaving the situation. Yeah, 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 for yeah. what? To check your fucking Instagram feed? Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> and then most people get like, oh, yeah, you're right. And then some people get upset. And those yeah. people are the real addicts. <laughs> I used to uh, go out with a girl, and she just used to kick my phone. Kick it? Kick, kick it, hit it out of my hand. And you it you was, need it. And I never objected to it once. You're I never like, said, yep, hey, right. you know. That's good. I'd be like, uh, no, nah, I know what you're doing. At and least you're in the fight if you can recognize. Yeah, like, yeah. chirp, you're right. That behavior <laughs> yeah, is wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were at my sister's wedding, and there was a, a American football playoff yeah. game on. So yeah. my brother and I were like in there watching. My sister came and said, like, get the fuck back in the room right now. We're like, yep, sorry, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like we knew we were off, you know. But if it was two days before, we'd be like, nah, we don't have to be. But Deborah, we're watching this. But like, yeah, when you know you're wrong, it's like at least you can fucking oh, man. try to yeah. fix it. So what did you do? How would you get by in, in South America? Did you have savings or did you just, you just get jobs? Yeah, I had savings. I had a job there. I remember I had another job in um, – I, I, yeah, I had the job in Puerto Pyramides – in the hostel for, um, 
a couple of months and then I remember I got a job in um, Peru in this kind of dune area. June? Yeah, like where they had all these dunes. Or dunes? Yeah, yeah, oh, dunes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And um that that was that was really cool. I've sold like these sold dinners there and stuff. Like that they had that night. They have they'd have a big but there was all these cats in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody got really sick whoever ate at this place. So later on you're you're all on the same kind of gringo trail. So I remember I met up with a bunch of guys in Bolivia and they're like they called me Barbecue Bill because I sold these barbecue meals Dinners. to everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for free. And then they said, fuck you, Barbecue Bill, you made us all sick. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I saw the cats in the kitchen. I had to get out. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I probably shouldn't have sold it. <laughs> and, yeah, then I went to uh, – I met a couple of Norwegian blokes and then I, I in, in South America and then they said, oh, do you want to come and work in construction in Norway? And I went and worked there. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, for about six weeks. Um, you just went from there to Norway and said, fuck it, I'll get a construction job? Yeah, Damn, yeah. That's cool. I went, to, I went to Spain for a week first um, and met oh, – because I met a photographer, in a Spanish photographer in Argentina, and he took, took photos on the salt flats. And I, they, you know when you look at photos and they make you cry? Because they're so fucking perfect? Man, yeah, this, that's what this guy did. And he was like the nicest guy, and uh, yeah, he invited me over, and just just so happened to be the Spanish photography festival then. So you know when you're just traveling and you just end up in these arsy situations. I like met the king of Spain. I met um, what? Yeah, yeah, he was at the photography. It was He's like, buying one of your barbecue dinners. Met all these photography. <laughs> <laughs> I met all these photography guys, uh, like these famous Spanish photographers. And drank with them all and stuff. It was just a weird situation, you know. God and, damn. And um, you know that guy, Adrian Brody, that actor mm-hmm. from The Pianist? His mum is like a famous Yugoslavian photographer. So she had an exhibition there and he was there. So we just hung met out him, him and hung out. Yeah, yeah, had a few drinks or whatever. It was crazy, man. And then... Um, yeah, and then I went to England, met up with my cousins, and then yeah, and then I went over to Norway and worked there for like two months, I think, or six weeks, something like that, just in a construction site. It was the best. It was like during the summer, so you just have, you know, twenty hours of daylight. For, oh wow! So you're just having a barbecue, and it feels like three in the afternoon, but it's eleven o'clock at night. Damn, dude! I love Northern Canada for the same reason. Eleven o'clock, and it's just like light. I went to Alaska once where it was like. It was Anchorage, so it wasn't like quite high enough to be like yeah. twenty four hours, but it was right the week before the solstice. So yeah. like you get like two hours of like dusk, and that yeah. was it, and then right back to light. And you see people stumbling out of bars, yeah. drunk off their ass, yeah. but just bright light, and it just looks like what's is he retarded? What's wrong with him? <laughs> yeah, man, and people—it's probably the same in Canada as well. Like when the when the sun, they're always studying the weather, the newspaper. Like yeah. They're always going like, oh, yeah, sun's out today. And I worked in the construction site. My friends would go, call me and they go, Nick, the sun is out. Drop everything. You know, like what, everyone had just work? finished the work early, go oh, straight yeah. to the park. And you buy these portable barbecues. Like, they had those in Scotland. Yeah. The little flat ones that you can just like – yeah. have like grills under – like coals underneath it already and like you just yeah. light it up. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just get those and you just party. Just oh, party. Have you ever done Edinburgh, the festival? Uh, no, man, no. I was thinking about doing it this year, but I think I wanted to make more of a mark for myself. 
before I before I head over there, you know? Yeah, they do have, like, the... If you can get, like, one of those Best Newcomer Awards, it's fucking good for you. But, like, yeah. if you can't, then it's like, why wait? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's fine. But, anyway, they have it in uh, the Meadows and Park. They have all these, like, this, like dead yeah. squares of grass and i didn't yeah. know what they were until i was like oh those are portable grills and they're just burning the grass underneath oh uh, yeah apparently they're the worst thing for the ozone layer oh really yeah but yeah, yeah apparently <laughs> it's like foil. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but anyway if you gotta have a barbecue you gotta go you, know, you don't want to waste time you don't want to buy a brand new one <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i could just it's not, it's not <laughs> practical <laughs> Oh, man, it was, uh, yeah, in- incredible experience. I remember we worked on this, like, old hospital, and I was with these, like, uh, Ukrainian guys, and they were all ripped, and they used to rip into me just about how flabby I looked, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that was when I was skinny. Like, I was skinny back then. They're like, you, you have no muscle. You uh, you work hard, though, you know what I mean? They couldn't understand because I, I did work really hard for them, and they they kind of wanted to just buck the system. You know, they just, they just got overtime, but they just – would wait till all the bosses left and they'd chill out and I'd still work or whatever. But anyway, one time we, there was this big metal door and we found on the roof and not, the supervisor had all gone home. So like, why don't we throw this metal door <laughs> off the top of the building, like onto the ground? And it, it took like four of us to push this door off the top and it hit the ground and it made, I reckon, the thud went all through Oslo. Like it was... <laughs> hilarious like the, the crater it made in the ground and the, it was just yeah the best experience. I love that idea you're like hey we should throw this door off this thing right and you, the other guy's like yeah. yeah yeah that'll be fun it's so heavy let's try it <laughs> I remember like uh, also a buddy the, my mate uh, he was friends with this famous author in in uh, Oslo he was like kind of the J.R. Tolkien of of uh, Norway you know like Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was ripped, like ripped guy, you know. Was like everyone in typical, Norway fucking yeah, cut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had this, and I got along really well with him. And his wife was there with him as well. And then we started uh, just drinking and dancing. And then um, we got on the dance floor and then she just started making out with me. His wife? Yeah. And then he was watching it and I was like 22 at the time, you know? Like I was, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't know too much. I'd had one girlfriend. Yeah. I probably slept with about, I was a, ve- a very late bloomer. You know, yeah, was, me too. I was like, and uh, I wasn't, didn't really know too much. And yeah, he was making out. And then, um, what? And, and then watching. I went over and I said, are you okay with this man? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, uh, we're, going, we're going back later. The three of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, like, we had a threesome, but I remember, like, while I was having sex with her, she was sucking his cock, and it was huge. Like, he had the biggest cock, and he was ripped. (laughs) And I'm like this fucking flabby, you know, Australian with scoliosis. (laughs) And a shit haircut. And, yeah, it was so funny, you know, and... um. He was. I remember. I didn't see her again, but I saw him again at a barbecue later on, and he was cool. He was just like, "Yeah, whatever." But yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah. It was so funny. Like such a weird situation. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Australians. It's like you guys fuck more than anybody in the world. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. The threesomes yeah. are so casual and normal to you guys. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think. 
I don't think they used to be, but I think now yeah, Australia we're a bit. I wilder. used to always hear my friends is pre like internet. My friends yeah. like I went to Australia. I got laid. They like the American accent. My Israeli friends like they like the Israeli accent. I got yeah. laid, and it was like no Australian chicks just are fucking whores. Yeah. They love to fuck, and now with fucking the internet, it's entered into a new realm of like sexual like freedom where they're just like yeah I just yeah. went out to get laid. It did no big deal. Yeah, well, I think I think Australians by nature, I think we like to push things. Yeah. We like to really push it. We're like, okay, mate, let's have a few beers. They're like, no, let's have fifty beers. Oh, for sure. You know, let's let's take f- three caps of MDMA. Let's do four, and let's <laughs> and you know, let's f- try to you know, let's fuck as much as we can. You know, that's what we do. Like pretty much, I learned this when I travelled around Australia. Pretty much, I mean, travel around the world. Sorry, pretty much, if there's something fucking dumb and crazy, yeah, the Austra- Australian is the best at it. Like I met up with all these graph. <laughs> These graph writers from Amsterdam in in Argentina. Graph writers, yeah, like graffiti writers, oh, yeah, because yeah. they because like South America, they got all these big walls, and it's not monitored by helicopters and shit. Apparently, in Germany and fucking Amsterdam, they just got helicopters twenty four seven, just getting graph writers. Yeah, apparently it's fucking nuts. So they just go and paint, and they were telling me that I was like, fuck, and I've got really into this graph scene you know for a little bit for a couple of days they were telling me and they're like oh yeah man the craziest guy's australian <laughs> like the biggest <laughs> guy you know he's wanted in six countries you know in there it was if there's something fucked like that it's always an australian, australian it, goes yeah, the furthest. you can pretty much bet yeah, yeah, yeah you guys go for it if there's like a everything. yeah i'm pretty sure like what is that free what what is it when you jump off a cliff with a parachute like base jumping uh-huh I'm pretty sure an Australian would be the best at that. You know, I mean, it's always someone. You ever seen videos of them doing that off like buildings or cliff, and then the wind just taking you into the cliff and just like smashing you oh, against man. it super hard, and then then your your chute crumbles. So it's not like you just slowly, yeah, like glide down after that. I'd recommend this um, documentary man called All This Mayhem, and it's about these skateboarders, the Papas brothers. They're yeah. from Melbourne, and one of them beat Tony Hawk uh, in a comp, yeah. in a skate comp. Yeah. And uh, that's what they did. They just ate fruit to keep healthy, but then took as many drugs as possible and just skated every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just And, and yeah, beat Tony Hawk, did like 1080 Damn. or whatever, yeah. Um, and yeah. The, the documentary is the most amazing documentary. What's it called? All This Mayhem. You guys do so much cocaine, Australians. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing now where a lot of or tradesmen didn't get paid much things but now if you're a trade you're killing it so you have all these kind of middle class kind of guys that never really did drugs before and they're all the fucking they're all the cokeheads and shit you know they're the they're up there now because they're on like 100 grand a year cubs franklin called them sorry yeah cubs cubs. yeah yeah cashed up bogans yeah Yeah, where it's like i don't have any class or anything but i do have this money yeah so let's i guess spend it before they just get like weed or vb or whatever like yeah. you know the shitty beer but now it's like fucking pingers and you know like cocaine yeah it's crazy yeah and you guys it's so expensive that when you guys go overseas you're like oh yeah this coke is amazing it's so cheap yeah, yeah. and it's like fucking calm down man it's tuesday yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't i never really i've never really done coke that much how, really how when you fucked that guy's wife did you use a condom or no condom I can't remember. I think I did. I think I did use a condom. Yeah, yeah. But did he want you to make out with him too, or was it just like a double? team? No, just a double team. That's that's different than a three way. Yeah. 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 
feel like three-way they have to be a like full interaction between everybody. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And a double team is just the smallest train. Double team, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you so, high-five over her body? <laughs> n- no, it was like... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so nerve-wracking to fuck somebody with his wife, with her husband, like, getting a blowjob from her, and just like, I'm sh- I mean, you, you must be okay with this if, like, you're here, but, like, it feels weird. Oh man, it was it was nuts, and I think it was super awkward. Like when I briefly had a brief interaction with her, woke up and saw her. She was like, "Oh, what gross!" Like, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure. I remember I left, um, but yeah, it was it was a crazy. I li- I lived in this Swedish accommodation place because all the Swedes go there to to Oslo, and they pay less tax there, so they work there. And I told them like the. The Swedish guy, I told him my dad was Swedish because you had to have some Swedish connection to get in this place. And um, they, 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 I'm pretty sure they didn't believe me, but they just let me stay there anyway. And I was just such a token kind of guy, like this Australian guy in this Swedish place, and it was awesome. Like, it was just really just a party, just yeah. And they was they were very liberal, they're, they're super liberal about sex. That's that's when I first the Swedes, yeah, yeah, that's that's when I'd first met. And and Norwegians. That's when I first met women that thought like men, that yeah, would that yeah. would have sex with me and not call me back. In or Scandinavia, booty call me. Uh, it was weird. I've, I've wow. I'd never had that before. Before I went there. Now it's quite common, you know, Around due here. to Tinder and yeah. things like that and social media. But back, back then, then it wasn't. It yeah, was, I'm seeing more of that in New York where you'll just get you'll finish having sex and the guy's like all right see you i'm like see ya what yeah, yeah. Leave? okay there's not even like a moment of like i wonder how long she's gonna stay you're just out you're already getting dressed yeah you're still breathing heavy <laughs> oh man this it yeah. was no, da- norwegian i mean not norwegian scandinavian yeah. girls yeah are like the most equal yeah it was it was awesome man it was it was crazy yeah that, and and a lot of them had boyfriends back in sweden or whatever they and they just yeah they just come in and yeah do the thing and then yeah it was it was so amazing like yeah it was so liberal i'd never been in that liberal situation uh, there was this like a uh, girl who was like kurdish she yeah. she, she was her parents were was it like uh kurds kurds yeah, yeah yeah um and then they left fucked a kurd they left the kurd religion oh. like they broke away from it like only a year before or something yeah. So she was still a virgin and she really liked me. Like I took her swimming and stuff. She's like, oh, I want to lose my virginity to you. And I was like, I, I pleaded. I was like, listen, I'm a scumbag <laughs> traveling around the world. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you don't want to do this. Like, this, yeah. This, anyway, she conned me into it, you know, like. Yeah, just and, by saying and, I, I still want to. And it was just such a nice time. Yeah, we, we you know. It was it was real nice, and I remember before I left, I wrote her, uh, I wrote her because I told her I liked the Queens of Stone Age song, "You're Just Another Love Song," uh-huh. but I think it's him. I think it's about Nick Oliveri, you know, using a, a girl and says, "You're just another love song. You're nothing to me." But I remember writing to her and going, "You're not just another love song. You'll always you're be special." A- yeah, you're special. Aww, yeah, 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 fucking yeah. dork. It was a nice. It was a nice. Yeah, real dork. Real I mean, dork. That's, that is a responsibility. We take yeah. someone's virginity. To yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But did you like her? Like her? Yeah, I did like her. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never been with someone Kurdish before. You know, they've got like a whole different kind of face. Really? I don't know. It's like Uyghurs. I don't know. Like it was just a face that was. I was totally was totally foreign to me. What do you yeah. mean? I don't know. Just the, the style of it. 
mm-hmm. I guess. And yeah, was she pretty. Yeah, she was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There was there was a lot of, I think, uh, yeah. There was a lot of um, people, I guess, trying to get with her, and I, I I just was just wanted to be friends with it. You know what I mean? I just took her swimming and stuff. Sometimes that's like the only way in. Yeah, is to not try. I, I I've never I've never really tried that much with anybody. I've, no, how no. much you get laid? I don't know. I don't know. It comes comes and goes. <laughs> yeah, I have like you get. I, my friend said this once. They got to put like a stink of pussy on you, and then like so like if you break up with a girl, no girl will have sex with you. And then he goes, you just go get a hooker, and then you don't tell anybody, <laughs> but like you just have a different feel about you. Yeah, Women's yeah. like, oh, you seem hot. You know, it's like there's just something. There's a stink <laughs> on you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think now I've, I'm in a different dynamic. I just I just broke it off with a girl and. Uh, I really liked her, and she was she was absolutely perfect. Um, but I feel like now I'm kind of married to a career a bit more, and I just want to travel. And it's not the fact that I want to get with other people. Yeah, I just don't want to worry about anybody. Like last year, I toured a lot, and I had a girlfriend, and I worried about like she she was totally independent. She didn't need me, but I I was like, when you in a situation, you go, I'll tell you what, it'd be better if they were here. I just don't want to go through that at mm-hmm. the moment. I don't want to be I got that little on now, tour and going. My girlfriend, where it's like, oh, she'd be fucking good if she was here with me. But yeah, then it's like yeah, she can't yeah. be with me for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, the, it's that's the biggest reason I wasn't like when I was for the longest time. It was yeah. just the responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. like, I, I got to fucking call and check in. And it's like, I don't know if I'm having a good time or drinking with some interesting people. I don't want to yeah. have to like check in or, yeah, or worry. Yeah, like, yeah. Is everything okay? The sex. Sure, that was part of it too. Yeah, yeah. But that really wasn't the main part. Mm, the main mm. part was just like not being beholden to anyone. Exactly, man. Yeah, before it used to be about yeah, just shacking up with whoever I could or whatever. But now it's it's not about that at all. It's more uh, it's more just freedom. Yeah, I want to yeah. I want to get some freedom freaking thought. Indian yeah. food and eat it on my chest and fall asleep. <laughs> you know, like a fucking degenerate. Like it doesn't you know what I mean? Like yeah, just being able to do whatever the fuck you want or just be like. Hey, I got an offer to go for an extra week to go somewhere else. Yeah. And instead of going, oh, I'm not going to see my girlfriend for forever. It's like, just go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I better give my what? living room back to my. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap it up. All right. Well, where can people find you and shit? Oh. Um, it's Anzac Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's Anzac Day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a Kappa Flapper. C A P E R. C A P. E R E R F L A P E R. Okay, and, uh, that's on, on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter, Twitter. Um, um, but yeah, man, thanks so much. You're for welcome. Me. Are you going to get drunk for Anzac Day? Yeah, I think we're going to have a few drinks for Anzac Day. Yeah, yeah. The honor yeah. the veterans. Honor the veterans. Yeah, they ha- they have something very demoralizing here. Anzac Day sales. Do they really? Yeah, and it's fucking. It shows. Lest that we forget it, that yeah, you can't get a mattress yeah, at fifty yeah, percent yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, our troops died so I could buy this handbag. <laughs> I really like Fuck. to go off everything oh, for, for fucking capitalism. Fucked. Oh, so it's terrible. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm going to do because it's a fun day. Oh, in, in my country town. You know, that was the biggest day of the year. Anzac, Anzac day. Yeah, yeah. You'd you'd be gambling when you were like twelve. You know, taking fives off a guy, or whatever, and on the flip of a coin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to see yeah. this, and then I'll go to the airport afterwards. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, thanks, man. Thanks yeah. so much for having me. Thanks, Kappa. Hey, you're a funny guy, man. It was fun to run into you and meet you and see a new good comic. Yeah. You're just another love song. Another love song. Another love song.
This is WOMB, the womb, and a few of my pets learn to listen. I'll let you crawl back in. Here is something you should drop to your knees for and worship. But you're too stupid to realize yourselves. Well, that's the episode, you guys. After we finished, we went to get some drinks and watch some foodie. Footy. Um, the Anzac Day footy game, and then I uh, then I made my way to the airport and go to Adelaide. Uh, man, what a great fucking trip! What a great fucking trip Australia was. I really did it right. Took days off in between shows. I wasn't trying to like rush to do show, 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 show goodbye. I took days off, went hiking, had time for the footy game, had time to do some Anzac Day shit. The stuff that comes up that you don't even know about that you would have been like, ah, oh, I wish I would have known. I would have done. I had days off randomly in that time. It was fucking great. And then I went scuba diving in Cairns the last... That's one city I could pronounce with E's all the time. It's spelled Cairns, but it's pronounced Cairns. Um, Melbourne. 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 Um, yeah, I went out to a good, like, uh, uh, what's it called, bar, watched some fucking gambling, some Anzac Day gambling, which was cool. But they're throwing some fucking coins up into a... Everybody gambles on. I think I lost 10 bucks. I'm not good at gambling on stuff that's 50-50 shots. This and fucking cockfighting in in, uh, in Dilly. I was fucking got robbed. Not robbed, but, you know, I lost a bunch of bets. Um, thank you, Nick Capper. Everybody follow him uh, on Twitter, Capper Flapper. Um, check out his podcast. I don't think he mentioned his podcast on this. Maybe he did, but I don't think so. Uh, and I'm going to have him back again for a better interview. About lots of stuff. Fucking all the way they treated aboriginals. All that shit. I mean, there's so much more I could have gotten into. I mean, you know, I'm not trained in this, so I do the best I can. Sometimes even when I fail, it's still okay. But it's like when you leave stuff on the table. Fucking let's go caps. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they fucking do it. Um, God, I hope they win. I hope they win. Four games left. We got to win two. And then we're in. I'm not even going to get into what happened with the fucking Cavs-Warriors game. I'll get into that on Punch Drunk on Tuesday. I mean, it's embarrassing, the NBA. It is embarrassing what they're doing. But we'll get into it on Punch Drunk Sports on Tuesday. You can check out that live and see some video. Um, all right. And I guess I have to set up a fucking a page where people can ask you questions. No, send if you have questions, send them to like, yeah, I don't have to do that Ask FM shit. Uh, if you got questions for me for this Patreon that I might end up doing, uh, send them to contact at ariashafir.com, um, and I'll put them all, you know, in the line or whatever. Guys, just so you know, I mean, I have this on my website, but if you want to contact me, either this Instagram and, and, and Twitter, which I don't really check much anymore, um, responses. I just post, but I try not to check responses too much because it was killing me. But um, so I, I miss stuff. You put it on there. When I when I ask for help with Photoshop's. Uh, I only check the thread. So if you send me a DM, I'm not going to see it. If you send me, uh, I'm not going to see it. I, I just check the thread 
And so other people can see it also. So the ones I don't use, at least people can see it on there. Um, so if you're a Photoshopper who likes helping, reply to the thread and people will see it. And so will I. Um, but yeah, contact at artichefair.com. And if you want to send me something, I mean, Duncan gave me this idea a long time ago. I got a P.O. box if you want. It's on my website. Um, I get all sorts of stuff. It always makes me laugh. I don't know. Different things. Um, the best is t-shirts that help me fuck with Sam Tripoli. Those are my favorites. Uh, maybe I'll wear one this week on Punch Drunk. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll wear the one I just got. I got a good Fuck the Lakers shirt from somebody. That was awesome. Somebody else sent me some, some festival shoes I'm going to use at the festival I go to soon. Um, or they said they sent me some festival shoes. Um, yeah, anyway, whatever. Or don't. It's fine. Whatever. But I do appreciate it when I get actual goods. I, I might throw them out right away. Also, I am unable to hang up pictures of myself. So if you're sending me a picture that you've drawn of me, I'm the only person who can't pull that up. It's weird to have a picture of yourself up in your room. Give it to a fan of mine. They would appreciate it. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's the episode. So don't forget um, a few things. San Francisco, I'll be there June 21st, 22nd, 23rd at Cobb's Comedy Club. Tickets will sell out. I'm not joking. Fucking the fucking DC Improv sold out so fast. Cobb's is bigger, but it's but it's a way I'm, it's a way bigger market for me, San Francisco. So get tickets. Shroomfest is August 25th, 26th, 27th. If you don't know what it is, it happens all over the world. It's an excuse to take mushrooms. That's all it is, an excuse to take mushrooms. If you need an excuse, if you've always been wanting to, well, here's your time. August 25th, 26th, 27th. Start looking for mushrooms now. They are not easy to find. They will keep perfectly in your freezer in a Ziploc bag. Put them in there. Take them out anytime between 25th, 26th, 27th. It happens all over the world. There is no place for Shroomfest. It is a state of mind. The only place you meet is on another plane of the universe when you're tripping on psychedelic drugs. Um, you will be safe. Honestly, go read the Shroomfest primer that I painstakingly wrote that takes you through everything you need to know about your first or any early mushroom trips. It walks you through it completely. I made it selflessly, got nothing back, just to help you have better mushroom trips. I covered everything I could possibly cover. So get those and start looking. It even covers how to, how to look for them. And don't complain to me I can't find them because I already covered that in there. If you can't find them, you're not looking. There are people in your town that have them, no matter what town. Um, so that's about it. Um, also check out Michelle Wolf's pod, I mean, uh, new show, The Break, on Netflix. It's a weekly show, so it's topical. So it comes out every week. She's got writer friends, friends of mine that are writers. Uh, I think Greg Stone. I wonder who else is on there. Um, other people that are just great. You should support Michelle Wolf. I've done mushrooms with her two times at the LCD Sound System concert, which was fucking glorious. We stayed up till about I think eight or nine a.m. just talking. After that, man, what a fun night that was. Remember that, Michelle? What a fucking fun night that was with Soda and Veter. Um. But man, yeah, what a fucking great time that was. And at Bonnaroo, but she was more on her own on Bonnaroo and the Mushrooms. But you should have seen her talk. You should hear her talk on the, on the Bonnaroo episode we did uh, with everybody where she just talked about how she fucking figured out the world on those Mushrooms. And then honestly, I mean, how many years later are we talking about? I went last year. Did I go last year? Wait, when did I go? I missed last year. 
the year before, the year before that. Three years ago, on mushrooms. Do you remember this, Michelle? She hit a point where she goes, oh, I can accomplish anything I want in the world. I can do anything. And in three years since then, she's put out an HBO special. She's given the White House Correspondents' Dinner that was the fucking punkest thing I've ever seen. She has now probably ended comedians doing the White House Correspondents' Dinner. (laughs) That's how little she cared about doing what they wanted her to do. I'm telling you guys, for all the people who like, for all the people who like comics, who say what the fuck they want, she's your girl. She's on, she's on that path too, and 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 she ain't gonna be worried about people fucking trying to shit her down. She just fucking takes that abuse like any of us take, and fucking she takes it well, and she doesn't look like she's gonna falter. And now she's got her own Netflix show, a weekly show, a first weekly show on Netflix. So check it out, the break on Netflix. Um, and that's about it. And then, yeah, you know, the GoFundMe. If you guys want to donate to Sick Children, um, a children's hospital in L.A. Fucking can't believe this guy. Uh, please uh, donate at uh, GoFundMe.com slash EvilBert. Um, it will help make up for an awful, awful person lying about just one of the worst possible things to gain support. To gain support. Lying off the backs of sick children. Fucking gross, man. Fucking gross. You don't have to give as much as Renazizi did. $2,000. That's a crazy amount, Steve. That's a crazy high amount. That's that's great. You're a great person. But give something. You know, help make up for it. Uh, leave a comment. Um, and honestly, if you want to let him know how you feel about what he's making you do to make up for his fucking awfulness, feel free. Feel free. This is not a joke. This is not a fucking scam he's he's a, he's doing a bad thing and if you want to fucking rub it in his face that you're helping making up for a bad thing by all means do that what would i care it's fucking show evil people that they're evil i have no problem at all with that there's no way to fucking define this it's nothing out of context he said he was gonna give money to sick children and then didn't jesus christ when you when you hear that out loud it's like what Anyway, GoFundMe.com slash EvilBert. Thank you, Nick Capper, for coming on the podcast. You're a great comic. Uh, stick with it. Don't fucking get swayed by the success that you are sure to find in the coming years. Ladies and gentlemen, for Nick Capper, this has been Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank, episode 237. Caparera, I'm Ari Shafir, saying so long. I fucking nailed it. I nailed that one. I did it so well first try. The children came back. The children came back. Back where their hearts closed on, back where they all belong, the children came back. Said the children came back. The children came back. Back where they understand, back to their mother's land, the children came back. Back to Thank you.